Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the ShopBot episode 64? 64. 64. I'm Alex. I'm Mark. And this is the Valentine's episode of the ShopBot. Cupid plucks his arrow right there. <laughs> What's up, everybody? <laughs> It'd be cool if you had a little bit of a record scratcher. Happy remix Valentine's Day. Yeah, no, Rick, right. Rick Ross is not making Valentine's songs for us. Um, <laughs> how's everybody doing out there? Oh, I, I can like I can hear you all. Anyways, yeah. <laughs> this is our shot pod um, Valentine's episode. But to be real with you all, we are definitely gonna you know give you some ideas we're gonna get into some romance talk talk about our favorite valentines talk about what we're gonna do this year but there is a million bazillion things to talk th- about in this episode so things you can expect are definitely focus on that um me and mark went and saw a show so we're gonna talk about you know music and we're gonna play some footage from the show and talk about the bands and talk about the live scene of music in general and how it's doing and what we think about it and the direction it's going in and the quality and all that and uh there's also a lot going on in the world you know the third thing we'll probably get into would be some world crazy issues uh the you know world economic forum and the war over in ukraine and all this craziness and the state's economy nothing's getting better so we'll talk about the the newest um you know, it's like watching a TV show. It's like this week on the world you live in, everybody's poor. You know yeah. what I mean? So it's like this week we'll talk wait, about. Wait, wait, wait. What's... Should I turn on the TV or just open my curtains? Open your curtains. Yeah, right. You open the curtains. People are rioting. You're like, oh, don't need to turn on the news. It's if you here. want to play by it's... play, listen to the shop pod. It's With here. A zero. It's here, right? So yeah, yeah. But definitely <laughs> go on YouTube uh, and search for the shop pod with a zero and like and subscribe because we are putting up half hour episodes. First half hour of everything you hear that we do in every episode uh, pops up on YouTube. And then you. Can see our pretty faces while we do it. Sometimes we give the cameras fingers like this. Sometimes I pretend that I'm going to lick the camera uh, provocatively like this. You know, whatever the camera wants, I give it. But either way, we haven't done a naked show yet. We were going to do this show naked. We were going to be nothing but diapers and like Cupid arrows. But it's two dudes making a podcast. So it, yeah. that could get a little homoerotic. You know, we didn't want to tempt ourselves too much. So yeah, exactly. We, we kept exactly. our clothes on for this one. But uh, we just look like Greek art. Just imagine it yourselves, though. You know, me and Mark in the uh, yeah. in the diapers with the Cupid arrows entertaining you <laughs> <laughs> all right so let's get our first topic going okay so first topic i'm gonna have a sip of this beer you get them ready okay so uh it was last thursday we went to the concert and this concert is uh the second part of the rockzilla tour and it featured let's go in uh order from the the way they performed they escape the fate hollywood undead falling in reverse then Papa Roach. um why was this a big deal for you? Because we've talked about this show. I mean, you and I last year, we've said, you know, concerts are too expensive. Everything's just shit. It's so hard. They want you to be vaxxed to go to stuff. You know, that all changed. Now the concerts are a little more, um, what's the word? Uh, uh, you can afford them. You know, and this yeah. wasn't a particularly expensive show. It wasn't cheap, but it wasn't expensive. No more than I would have spent on anybody else. Yeah. Um, and it was in another city, so I got to get the fuck out of Oshawa, which was nice. We're going to talk a little bit about the Hamilton, some of the jokes we made about Because the show was actually in Hamilton, not in Toronto. I guess there was too much going on in Toronto or the venues were too big or the money wasn't right. I, I, think, way, it, I think it had to do more about the traveling. Because, probably. I mean, Rochester. Going from Rochester to Hamilton all the way up to Boston. 
that's a hell of a run, and it yeah. saved them some time. So, anyways, um, they uh, they played Hamilton. I personally loved that little hockey arena. I've seen Ozzy Osbourne there before, and a few other people. It's a great place. It's made of concrete, which is kind of bad for sound, but I didn't find that. I've heard multiple people say that the sound at First Ontario Center in Hamilton wasn't that great. But I disagree with them. I, I, yeah, I strongly disagree with them after the way. Mar- that and we're going to prove it to you because Mark was in the lower bowl on stage right, and I was in the lower bowl in an ident- literally an identical spot, about five rows up from the crowd, from the floor, uh, on stage left. So uh, the footage you'll hear from the both of us at some point will be just to you know kind of show. I, number one, the, the reason I want to play some footage is because I was very impressed with certain singers and certain people that were there because I've seen, you know, it was our first time seeing Falling in Reverse, right? They, they've been out for a while, but you've never seen them, right? That's right. Um, and Ronnie's uh, Ronnie Radke, the lead singer of Flying Reverse, is a, a character. He's he's got an attitude. We the, talk the, we talk about him a lot. What, one of the masterful things of this, uh, so just around the start of COVID is when I actually discovered Falling in Reverse. Right. And uh, I was just going through uh, Punk Goes, the, like there was Punk Goes Rap, Punk Goes Pop. Oh, you got goes, the Gangster's Paradise. Yeah. Is that what, so that's what hooked to, you? Yeah, so I listened to the Gangster's Paradise. And like, Coolio was in the fuck? video and you're like, damn. I was like, who the fuck are these guys? So I listened to- That's uh, probably more. one of my favorite covers. Yeah. It's, I love that song and I love their version. Yeah. And uh, and then from when there, when he gets hardcore, it gets all. And then from there, I went through their discography and I started listening to more and more falling in reverse. So while at the show, he's like, "This song is going to be more for like the OG fans," and I'm like, "Oh, what song are they going to play? Is it going to be something I didn't know?" No, I knew everything. It was and drugging was, me as you, isn't it? Wasn't it that one? <laughs> well, there was that as well uh, as God. If you are above, yeah, which I was. That hit me. I liked that one. I was surprised to hear it, and I liked it live. I didn't think they were going to rock a ballad. There was only one. I'm glad they only did one though. <laughs> I was glad that they didn't do the um, I'm not a vampire like super acoustic pretty version they did like the fucking like, regular <laughs> yeah. one I was a little worried about that I was like well is he, the band just gonna leave and they'll play the back track and he'll sing they, and like out of all the songs stupid. I got, I wish I just recorded the entire set, but yeah. but I recorded their You don't want to be that ones. guy, though. Like yeah. I've had that conversation with Sonia, so I was like, I'm going to record the whole thing. I was like, okay, yeah. you'll hear me screaming the whole time, because yeah. I'm not going to be quiet because you decided to make a record. Yeah, but there, I mean, the, there, the there was just part of always something that I preach is part of enjoying the moment, and I didn't want to be on my phone the entire time. I do what I do with every show, and I... I, uh, I hate being the guy that says, like, you know, do what I do because I'm smarter than you. But in this situation, I am and you should. I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, if you don't do this, then you are the problem at shows. Uh, pick the songs or the moments that are going to mean the most to you. For instance, we saw Papa Roach. I knew that him singing the, I think I need help, quiet part in the bridge. I was like, I need that. I needed the fuck your money, fuck your possessions. I needed voices in my head. Mm, pretty much all of it. Maybe the beginning and definitely the bridge. And then uh, Popular Monsters. So I picked up my five or six moments and I got my you know five or six videos and I took 30. I made sure that the clips were a minute or less. Yeah. And I didn't look at anybody around me when their elbow hit me like they were making a mistake because <laughs> I'm making a video. It is my own responsibility to hold the camera and avoid the crazies. Yeah. And then I put the camera in my pocket and went back to being one of the crazies. That's how you do it. If you're, if you're doing anything else, if you're standing there for the whole show recording it, or then you're a problem. You're an idiot, and I hope you fall down the stairs, and I hope <laughs> your camera breaks. I also hope you can't export the video that's an hour and a half long because it's too. It'll, I hope that when you get home, you've wasted that time recording that video and that there will be some. <laughs> 
some <laughs> type of technical difficulty or some type of technical issue where you won't be able to format it or export it or maybe the phone fucked up and it didn't save the data. But either way, I hope it doesn't work out for you and that you look like an idiot because you, you're an idiot. You're mad. The only thing dumber than that, you remember there was a fad a little while ago where people would use tablets to do this? Yeah. There's a guy standing with a fucking, like a two by two fucking tablet or a two by one tablet, like big enough for his kid to do his homework. And he's like pressing record to make the video. How many of those got smashed, do you think, before before people stopped doing that? Because I yeah. saw that in like 2013, 14 all the time. Don't see them anymore. I like they made fun of that in uh, Daddy's Home. Yeah. Yeah. yeah they, it became a bit of a joke. And then I think a bunch of them got smashed. I think <laughs> drunk people at shows and pretty tablets wasn't a good combo. And you don't see them anymore. Yeah. It's almost like all the idiots decided to, you know, it's like, I'll just bring my phone to one of those. But anyways, nothing wrong with taking footage. I mean, it's your, if it's your prerogative to enjoy a piece of the show, that's cool. But like, you're not a documentarian. Yeah. Part you're of not, it is you got to enjoy the moment that you're there. If you're there to like, that's why you can't, that's why I didn't want to record the entire time. So I didn't get, uh, I'm not a vampire, but I still rocked it out. I, I didn't still get dead cell or blood brothers, but those were, I was like punching seats when that was going down. I'm <laughs> glad I got it. I'm glad I got to see what I got to see, but yeah, I was saying both. Like, I wish I got some moments I didn't, but I did get some of the good ones. So, you know, just don't ruin it for others. I, I understand that you're there to see, uh, that you're there with many other people to see the bands. And I think that uh, the thing that people forget is that. When you're taking the video, you're thinking to yourself, I'm going to make a DVD of the, of, the, of the show like the ones I have at home. I can watch it whenever I want. Oh, boy. <laughs> That's what you think. But what you're forgetting is that there is seven cameramen a producer and a director when they make those live videos and there's somebody watching it going, uh, jump to the bass player, cut to the bass player. Okay, good. There's a bass section here. Cut back to the singer because he's doing something. Yeah, there you go. There's a direction. There's a there's actual talent in, involved and, and, and filmography and cinematography when you're making a video of a band playing so that it looks exciting, sounds exciting and when you watch the video live, you're like, wow, that band's really good. Your cell phone isn't capable of doing that. You know what I mean? Like visually, uh, sound wise, you're going to hear, we did capture some fantastic moments where we could hear the band at their peak, but visually you're getting nothing that a, a, a person with a decent camera. Can. And I don't care if you've got a Google fucking, uh, sorry, if you've got a, an iPhone 13 and a half or an iPhone 26 with seven camera lenses and 42 fucking picture discs or whatever horse shit your camera. They do so much shit really evolve around the camera for your phone. They should just start calling them cameras. Hey, can I borrow your camera for a second? Because you never, you use it for a camera way more you use it for a phone so i think we should switch that there should be called smart cameras yeah. who's calling with these fucking things nobody oh, my camera has a phone feature what? that's incredible oh, it doesn't work and the sound quality is horrible <laughs> don't use that <laughs> you know that's where we're at in society hey yeah. can i borrow your phone that doesn't call that you never use to call can i do that oh yeah sure <laughs> just don't yeah. use it to call anybody i haven't paid it yet but it does take great video <laughs> that's a camera but anyways yeah don't be that guy but so I, one thing i'll say about this show I didn't see that. I didn't see a lot of that. Like I'm standing there with my camera. It was a rock show. So yeah. the people were there to see a rock show. Well, not a lot of people though. <laughs> they definitely <laughs> didn't sell it out. There was open sections of the lower bowl. And I was even more disappointed to see that the upper bowl wasn't even sell sold. Like it, they blocked it off. That was, that's how dead rock is. Oh, you mean like the balcony? <laughs> the, well, that's the upper bowl. Like when you go to see someone at the Air Canada Center, that's a good seat still. When you go, sorry, the Scotiabank. When you go to see, I saw Muse at Scotiabank sat in the 200s, which is the boxes. And it's, it was like, it's still good. It was comfy. You know, they, they look far away, but the music is clear and you still feel like you're at the show. Like they didn't even sell that there. That's the, the just, it made me sad. I want them to sell those. I want P Roach and falling to go home with that money. I want there to be enough hard rock fans in our GTA area to go and just fill those seats. And they, and there's not, you know, the weekend sells out the Skydome. 
or whatever they call what do they call it? I don't know Rogers something. So that he sells out the <laughs> Rogers uh, Arena or whatever, uh, no problem. You know, but our boys can't sell out a hockey arena in Hamilton. That made me. That's that. That kind of got me a little bit. But you know, Rock will come back. Right. Yeah. This might be it. This might be part of the revival. Yeah. That tour went off. I wouldn't be surprised in another four or five years. The kids at that show are, you know, getting away from the weekend and getting away well, from something the that Bieber, was actually pretty. And they started listening to the heavy stuff. Something that was pretty <laughs> impressive to me also was the fact that uh, there. I mean. A lot of parents brought their kids. I and saw that. So, like, you're seeing Falling kids. in Reverse is a big kid fan base. Yeah, even uh, even Papa Roach. I think there. you're right with that. Yeah. Papa Roach too. Yeah. Um, which is fun because um, so part of why the show was such a big deal for me and Mark was the Falling in Reverse was our first time seeing them, and that's I think I would argue it might be there Mark, was fav- there Mark's was a time bit. last year that went once uh, Alex had like yeah you got me you got me I'm a fan of Falling in Reverse I'm a fan and then he had said to me if Falling in Reverse ever comes for a concert would you go to that concert with me and i actually got the ticket uh from tamara for christmas and uh tamara and i were going and it was kind of like a last minute thing that alex and sonia were able well, to this get. is what happened was like i was bitching about how i wanted to go a lot because you were going i was like if you, we, we, were, we would go buy something and we'd be like let's get a piece of chicken be like oh why don't we get the chicken with bacon i'm like if we're gonna add bacon why don't we just go to the concert <laughs> like fuck if we're just throwing money around like that was, so and she just gave me the look right she gave me this look like uh-huh because it was all about falling in reverse i want to see falling in reverse and she's seen them yeah. sonya had already seen them five years ago or so didn't even know it was them it was like oh there's a band opening for another band and it was like oh fuck it's the guy from escape the fate he's out of jail he's got a new band it was like that kind of thing yeah. so she wasn't and then she went um Hollywood Undead's playing? And I was like, yeah, I didn't think anybody would care. Like, they're, they're all, and she's like, bro, I fucking love them. And I was like, I did think less of her <laughs> in that moment. <laughs> but regardless, I was like, that's all you need. So she likes Pop Roach quite a bit too. So she was like, you know what? That's my sell point. So that's why it was kind of like, lucky that, that it wasn't sold out because if it was sold out and it was super popular, then we wouldn't have gotten the chance to go. But it was last minute. And then, yeah, we got to ride with you guys. So it was, uh, me and Mark had a, a bonding event. So we, it was, you, you, did you pick us up? Yeah, you came over to my place, picked us yeah. up. We packed up. We stayed in, a, you guys stayed at a hotel for the night. We stayed in a hotel just down the road. And we met at a bar after the gig to have some drinks after. It was, there was a cover band that was doing, playing to backtracks and stuff. And yeah. it was just funny after all the backtrack talk and controversy that we, the shit talking we've done and Ronnie getting strung out and then including in, in his new video, he has laptops beating a guy uh, that looks, looks like, like Sebastian, Sebastian Bach. Bach because of the, <laughs> the shit talking. Cause he canceled a show because his laptops got lost in transportation and he won't do the show without all of his backtracks. So then we go to a bar and there's a local band, you know, me bitching like, yeah, well, local bands don't need to use backtracks. Ronnie's a little bitch. We walk in, there's a band playing exclusively exclusively to backtrack they're they have instruments but they're not even barely using them and their drummer was there just sitting down sitting on the table watching. not playing and there was a drum kit covered up with a sheet in the corner like just like yeah not tonight boys it was a saturday <laughs> night too it's like if there's one night of the week to put this bitch on the drums and let him bang it out i think it's tonight and there's <laughs> yeah. a rock there's a rock well, no no that was a thursday night oh shit you're right it was a thursday but he was, there's was a heavy metal show in town like fuck man so anyway, either way, it was kind of funny that the yeah, it seems that this backtrack thing is just spread they like stayed cancer. There for the entire set, yeah. like yeah. What, what the, you're there. It wasn't even ta- I was tapping on the table more than him. Yeah, <laughs> you know, like anyways. But uh, yeah, so it was a cool event. So me and Mark got to kind of hang out and do that kind of shit. So 
For all you people out there that are like, man, January, February is depressing and I hate clouds and snow and cold. Like, this is the kind of things you need to do, you know. I got other friends that hopped on a plane and went somewhere warm. You know, I, that's not in my budget, nor am I ever going to get a passport and give in to this fucking system they've got. So I'm not doing that. So I did the alternative. So if you're in my boat where you're like, I'm not getting a passport and I'm not fucking traveling because money's tight, then go to a show, you know, or or, or go to a, go to the, they've got BMX bikes at in Oshawa tonight. They got a BMX, like they built a track in the arena and they're doing BMX and dirt bikes. Take your girl to that or take your kid to that. Go grab your little boy and it's 10 bucks, 15 bucks. Go do that. Do something. This is the worst time of year for the depression shit. And I'm telling you, I kicked a nasty bout of what the fuck is the point of life by going out to this gig. And now me and Mark are talking about writing songs and we're talking about trying to do gigs and we're talking oh, about man. so much. It just so, inspired us to get the creative juices flowing. And I think everybody needs to do it. So every time I see a band perform, anybody who knows me knows I'm a musician and I get an itch. That, I, I have a show that, February 11th, which I'm excited and for. And that you. itch makes me want to play a show, a full band show with a lineup of bands. And it just makes me want to just, it, like, I love playing for a crowd. And that's something I've always enjoyed. Uh, and not everybody's good at it. You know, like, there are bands that go up there saying, hi, uh, we're so-and-so. And then they play and then leave. And it's like, okay. But they're, you know, like, I was, I, I, I don't have footage of it, but, like, Papa Roach, I was saying his fucking, like, he comes up and when he's doing the songs, he's he's very, the energy's insane. But then in between the songs, he's like, you stop your people! I said, but dude, I'm Jacoby, how you doing? I just want to say thank you to all you people for making my dreams come true. I woke up when I was a little boy, I said, I want to be a rock star, Right? And here I motherfucking am. So I just want to say thank you for making my dreams come true. We're going to play that song right now. This motherfucker's gone. Blood Brothers. Bring that motherfucker <laughs> back, Jack. Give it up for John Horton on the guitar, motherfuckers. Like, he's, his energy is, is, is contagious. You cannot go to a pop road show. And then at one point, my favorite thing. Are you paying me to sit the fuck down? Hey, did I come here to sit on this stage? All you people in the seats, I want you to get the fuck up. You pay good money to be here. Why are you sitting down? Yeah. I ain't sitting down. Get the fuck up. That's what I want to see. And I was like, bro, preach. Everybody, everybody. 21 Pilots does that too. 21 Pilots, although he's a lot more humble about it. He's like, uh, guys. Can everybody just get up? And because everybody loves Tyler, they're like, yes, Tyler. <laughs> but, you know, with, with P. Roach, you know, you got to have Jacoby up there going, why are you sitting down, bitch? Like, I love that. I love that he was calling out the fucking, the scene kids that got a ticket because it's cool, which is the people sitting to my left. The yeah. people beside me were giving me the like, why are you enjoying yourself so much look? And when he said that, I looked him right in the eyes and went, see, you're the idiot. <laughs> like, I don't care. But anyways, it was, so it was we, very So cool. we got to mention... A TJ from Escape the Fate got caught at the border and he yep. wasn't allowed in to Canada. So let's do yes, let's run through the show quick. Um, do you want to bring up, bring up your clips? So um, I didn't get anything from Escape the Fate. I did. I sent you the one. Oh, okay. So bring that one up. So we'll start with the beginning of the show. So the begin we get there. I'm pissed off when we get there because Escape went on early. They I like Escape the Fate. Mark <laughs> got there um, uh, a few minutes before us and was already seated and Escape only played six songs which was a small set so Escape comes out and then they say our guitar player they have two guitar players but the lead guy the guy that does most of the, the hard stuff was stuck at the border so p mad props for doing the show number one number two the second guitar player is now playing all the parts yeah. now it's only six songs so I'm sure they prepared but and it was only one show so this is a guitar player that never plays this solo and he's playing this War Is Ours live is that that one? it should be yeah, the first one I sent. I did them in order. So, yeah, that one. No, 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 no. no, no. We'll, we'll pause. Oh. Okay. <laughs> we'll get the right oh. one, we promise. Yeah. Let's play the next one. This is it. This is this war is ours. 
So okay. as you can hear in that clip, um, we've got lots of good. The sound is pretty clear. Yeah. Want to point out the drummer flat out admitted that he had he could not hear the band. Yeah. The drummer was playing completely deaf. He was just like one, two, three. I'm gonna play where and there was no no. You couldn't hear anybody else. So props for that because those drums sounded great. I heard yeah. some Phil's timing is good. Props on the solo. I mean, there was like a moment of sloppy. Everything else was tight. The sweep was tight. It's like he fucked up the bend but got the sweep. So <laughs> I just want to say props for that. I thought that was really cool. And I was a little disappointed that Escape had you know because they were first. There were so few people there and I, and the fact that you know they were opening for their former lead singer's band. I thought the whole situation was rough for them. And then Ronnie played Fuck You and All Your Friends, which is a song directed at Escape the Fate when they went on without him after he went to prison. So it was quite, you know, I want to give them props for playing with a no drum monitor, a guitar player held at the border, a fan base that wasn't even there. Most people were like, what? They're already, I heard people in the fucking uh, lobby in between bands going, what do you mean Escape's already done? Like, fucking pissed. People showed up and they're like, they already played and they were mad. They were legit yeah. pissed. Because everybody who likes Falling usually likes Escape. That's kind of why I like them because yeah. I knew I knew about them that way. So, anyways, just wanted to point that out. Props to them. The, the, the funny thing about Escape the Fate, though, is like, you'll hear the, the singer like, all right, this next, Craig. Yeah, the, Craig. The, the, the next song is, uh, is about a girl and a broken heart. I'm like, wasn't that what the previous song was and the song before that was <laughs> if we're being real all music is about a girl with a broken heart like really at the end of the fucking day <laughs> well, it depends on your genre yeah right well i know but still like i mean 90 even 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 the songs that are like yeah let's party let's go it's mostly because you've got a broken heart and you want to get late that's why you want to drink and party so really all songs are generally about that so yeah I, i'm with you on that it was kind of funny um <clears throat> but they were really good live so one thing i wanted to point out uh so in ways of everybody's performance. So Escape the Fate played, and it, it was a great set, but I, we were discussing, I think, like their membrane, which is the big... <gasps> yeah, so those you actually heard it in that clip when yeah. he does the This War Is Ours. You heard the, the, the audio cuts low because there was a... like It's it's a pad. What it is, it's like a little drum yeah. pad that the drummer hits. It's cut, I think the it's first... It's a synth pad called a membrane, and it lets yeah. out this big, giant bass just... It's an electronically actuated bass bass note that uh, kind of core was one of the first bands to do this with falling away from me. And now everybody kind of does it when they want like a drop to be epic or the band stops playing like they did. You heard the crowd singing and then it's like, okay, everybody back, everybody back in order to make the everybody back more intense, which I failed to see a need for. If you're at a show and there's that, they used to do fireworks. I think, you know what it is? I think the bass drop has replaced the fireworks and the yeah. pyro that used to go. Because it used to be like, like you know, Metallica would be like, are you ready? And then they would, when they did their next song, it was, enter, lion, big firework when he would bring that last chorus in, right? Yeah. Nah, nobody wants to pay for pyro anymore. I'm going to talk about that too. They did a song called Firestarter. Pop Roach did oh, a yeah. Prodigy yeah. cover and there's no fire in the, in the room. I was like, I didn't even see anybody holding up a lighter. I was like, oh, fucking lame. <laughs> but that's just me being an old school concert guy. I went yeah. to concerts when you used to come back with no uh, no uh, eyebrow hair because yeah. you were front row at Slipknot. Those days are over. You kids are bitches. I'm sorry. You're all pussies. <laughs> you don't know what fucking music is until you've had parts of your body burned off from the performance. I'm sorry. Yeah. You're just never going to be on my level. Well, you know, you know those we are not the same memes? That's them. I want to say pictures of kids standing in crowds with pop collars, cell phones, and tablets held up. And then pictures of us covered in sweat and blood doing the wall of death at OzFest 2001 with Lamb of God. <laughs> we are not the fucking same. Okay, yeah. anyways. And uh, Durant. Okay. But yeah, the, I was disappointed in the lack of pyro. But I think the bass drop, 
is supposed to take that place. But Escape the Fates was was uh, mixed so badly that even in that clip, you could hear the audio would cut. Like they'd hit it, and you would be deaf. The whole arena would be deaf for about two seconds. Yeah, and then you'd be like, okay, where in the song are they now? So yeah, didn't like that. The other bands were fine though. So yeah, props to Escape for the bad sound and the fact that they did a pretty decent performance with a missing member and no sound, no yeah. good sound guy. Next on the list, and then uh, we have Hollywood Undead. Now Hollywood Undead. Yeah, I want to hear your thoughts on this because we haven't oh, talked too much. Man, so, I'm not a big fan. What do so you think of them? I I loved what they played. Uh, good I'd, I'd only heard maybe four or five songs in the past and uh and the their stage presence was phenomenal i i don't know man it looked like the wu-tang clan up there to me at times there was like 17 guys i'm like this music has one guitar one bass one drum and two vocals why is there eight guys oh no they never had two vocals never ever okay i don't know it's it's just too much it's it's like what five guys and all five guys have parts it just sounds to me it just sounds to me like like they're like Everybody can be in our band. You know when you were like young and there was like you had a three piece or a four piece and like a guy would come over like, I want to be in your band. It's like they never said no. But you can all be in our band. Mr. Musclehead guy who can't sing but likes to rap. Mr. Other guy who's That's super- what I loved about them is they were like, hey, who wants to get up on stage and fucking yeah. rap? And yeah. then and then they picked a guy with a cowboy the hat. The cowboy hat guy? <laughs> and then he's like, I'm actually a bass player. And he ripped a sick bass solo. Yeah. I love that. And yeah, I will give them credit for that. that's what I love. Part of their stage present is, is was the, the crowd interaction. Crowd interaction. That's a very. I, I the only band I've seen hit that that well is like Green Day. Green Day brings people up to play instruments, and then they'll get them to play like a basic song of theirs. It's like a two chord wonder, and then they'll start them out, teach them the parts, and then Billy will sing while the the kids he brought up play. Like so bl- mind blowing. So, so good they, for them. So they had the guy up on stage. They asked if he played an instrument, and uh, and it was bass that he played. And then the drummer just started kicking a beat, and this yeah. guy just went. He, and he went. He was good. He yeah. had fucking nice flow. Yeah, and then he gave the bass back and did vocals for the song they wanted to do, so he could run around. And then I think at one point the singer there, whatever his name is, Mister Scene, Chris Scene, Johnny Scene, whatever they have dumb Charlie names. Charlie Scene. They have stupid names too. I'm sorry, they, they, you're not Guns and Roses, okay? You're not a Ben <laughs> Sevenfold. Just your name's Pete. Shut up. But anyways, <laughs> well, so Charlie, it's his name. Charlie, Charlie decided to grab the cowboy hat, put it on, and run around the stage singing. And I went, bro, that's cool. So as much as I'm talking shit, I do like them. I think they're cool. I like their show. I like their crowd interaction. I think their songs are a perfect blend of like. Limp Biscuit party anthems like Nookie and Roland mixed with like those Papa Roach starts and stops, you know, like there's with less, that intensity. There's less rock and more rap. And they covered Johnny Cash. Oh, yeah. They did a quick, um, a double time uh, Folsom Prison Blues yeah. with a drummer and a bass player or whatever. It was really cool. Um, the other thing I really liked about them was just the fact that like, um, it seemed like everybody knew the songs. Like they they knew their their set was well picked. And then you said they did that one song that was kind of obscure, but still it was a very different genre. Yeah, and it got everybody. In. I loved. I thought they had a, a well set up set. You know what I mean? Even Papa Roach's set had very little flow. I yeah. love the songs. They have enough hits. They don't need flow. The flow of Hollywood Undead was good. It felt like one continuous song because it was like a fast punk rock punk heavy song and then like a more slow thing and then bring people up on stage and then a jam and it was very good flow so So, hollywood and dead i think i almost stole the show because of that so when alex was outside and 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 i was seated and i was messaging alex i was like hey man if you see like something for merch let me know and uh and then i ended up finding it anyways and it was during the time that like it was in between escape the fate and hollywood undead and so i went up and i'm like well i'm gonna be waiting in line for a while and hollywood undead started which <laughs> which i was okay with because they that was the band I, I i was there for the least and i think that, you were in the that, same boat yeah that was the band who uh yeah I, I didn't really care to see originally but i did love what i did see however yeah. uh that was where I, w- I was up at the merch and uh 
I'm looking at all the falling in reverse shirts and, uh, and like, okay, they're 55 bucks, but Ronnie recently came out to say, why is it arenas want a cut of the merch? Like they're, they're, they're responsible for, for bringing somebody to sell the merch. So it's their merch guy. It's their merch. They're already getting the ticket. It kind of reminds me of when you go to play at a bar and they don't like you you get paid a flat fee to be there and play. But if you pack the place and they make a $10,000 in booze sales, you get none of it. Doesn't make any fucking sense. Yeah. The bands should get a piece of those boost sales. Yeah. It's just bands get fucked. The bottom line is the bands get fucked at the bottom. They're the bottom of the barrel for every situation. So that's why the prices are higher for merch at these events. However, buy them online for thirty bucks. Go to the merch stand fifty five. However, I'm looking online, falling in reverse merch. Nothing. None of it's there. Nothing at the concert was online. Do I was know, like, oh can man, can they I did. Tell you, can they I tell did you this specifically. They do that because they'll run out of merch on the tour then. Yeah. So when the tour is over, they'll take whatever's left over and it'll be available online. And if they sell it all out on the tour, you're fucked. <laughs> and, and the bottom line, if they underestimate sales, you won't get it. But part so, of the risk of paying less and buying it online. So the, the shirt I was originally going to get was actually a, a Grim Reaper, but he was just orange and the shirt was overall black with an orange Reaper falling in reverse. A black like, band shirt? Wow. Yeah. Is this new? So I was like, sick. Okay, well, I want that. Yeah, they were sold out. So I was like, all right, well, I'm a huge fan of the the new single and uh, and it's uh, Ronnie Radke. Watch Rad the world burn. Yeah, watch the world burn. And it's Ronnie Radke with his eyes whited out and he's wearing a crown of thorns because yes. at the end of the video... Uh, priests are trying to perform an exorcism on And then he kills so them like, all with like his Superman eyes. First, he sets all the priests on fire. Right. Then he cuts them in half with his Superman <laughs> yeah. eyes. I just love it. It's just, yeah. I like how Ronnie kills all the people he doesn't like his videos. He shoots MGK. He fucking <laughs> laptops uh, Sebastian Bach to death. I'm, I'm about it. Like, it's part of how he won me and, over. And in Zombified, uh, there was yeah, that joke because that's the MGK he, video. Because no, no, because he. Hey, but he's thrown, in that one. Yes, but he had thrown a mic crowd, uh, a mic stand into the crowd, and he ended up uh, going to prison for that. And so he actually threw a mic stand in the zombified video and impaled a zombie with it. <laughs> right? Yeah, I never caught that, but I do remember that. And then when it hits the zombie, it catches him and shoves him up against the wall yeah. before it goes into the wall. Yeah, it's funny. I never fucking. I didn't know that's why he went to jail. I thought he actually. I that thought, was the second time. I thought. Oh, I thought the first. Okay, I thought the, the story first, was he the, beat a guy like almost to death outside no, a venue. No. Uh, so actually in this interview that I'll show you after uh, the podcast, he talks about how uh, he was the only one to go to the jail, but it was his buddy that shot a guy and the guy died. Uh, and his buddy didn't go to jail. He did. So he's real. He's a real one. Yeah. That's interesting. I also love, yeah. Okay, so um, continuing with the show. So Hollywood Undead's on. They, we care the least, but we get impressed and we're like, you know what? Good for you guys. You know, you kind of won me over. Like there, I said, there was it, enough that I was like, when I'm, done this i'm gonna look for I'll, some of those I'll songs i'll steal online. a few songs yeah. yeah i'll go grab a few songs off the spotify or put on my list or whatever yeah. um i was like i said i found it a very limp biscuits nookie and Roland vibe mixed with you know like lincoln park and papa roach it was basically like all that new metal shit like this is what happens it wasn't it, nothing about the band is surprising or new or, or different but it's fun it is a lot of fun to yeah. just let they got songs you know, pennies dropping drink the booze fuck these bitches all right <laughs> i wish i had some cocaine songs that would have related a lot more but either way they're a good band they were pretty cool there must be a line in one of those songs like they're pumping lines off the table i don't know it's got to be somewhere because i know kid rock sings about it all the fucking time <laughs> anyway so hollywood undead then leaves um and i expected papa roach yeah, but that didn't happen. Falling came out for second last. So uh, what's and then I when I did some research and online, 
They are co-headliners in this tour. So, so they're actually switching back and forth. So just before we get to that. Oh, do you have so, a Hollywood Undead clip? Yeah. Okay, so let's play a clip from Hollywood okay, Undead. So so Hollywood Undead, uh, they'd played all these songs forever. And there was mainly one song, one song that actually, uh, that I loved because it used to be in the UFC video game. And that was where I first heard it. And, uh, and I was like, okay, but this is their big thing. So they, they should play it. And they saved it for last. Well, it's, yeah. It's the biggest single, not surprising. Also, I want to point out the clarity of the sound with these guys. Might even be better than the other two. Yeah. Listen. I'll stop it after the chorus. Yeah, it's all good. Sounds good. No, turn that back up a little. Oh, yeah, they're killing that chorus. You see what I mean, though? Yeah. Turn it off for the nookie. <laughs> the nookie. Yeah. The nookie. Yeah. So you could. T- Sorry. But no, it's just that same. It's got a. I like it. I'm not talking shit. That's my vibe. But yeah, that. I, the reason I didn't want you to kill the chorus is because their vocals, their rapping is good. And you can hear the. I let, The mix was really good in that. You can and, hear the two guys. And the guy that sings the chorus, they I, think, sing. I think he would be one of the few people that could cover a Chester song. Oh, yeah. I was. Ooh. He's he's got those like to the, hear him the try. tones. To I'd it. like to hear him try. Yeah. I mean, even if they had to tune it down a half step so that he could keep it, I'd, I'd love to hear them do um, "Giving Up." Yeah, I'd like to hear him fucking rock that. Yeah, oh, he oh. would do good. Yeah, can we do that? <laughs> Put me out of my fucking misery. <laughs> Have you ever tried to do that as long as he does? Oh, yeah. You can. Yeah. I don't care who you are. <laughs> Anyways. Yeah. So that was Hollywood Undead. Next Very we cool. go to uh, Falling in Reverse, so, which you said alternate. We weren't. We weren't. I was, I was surprised. So I, I'm in line to get a shirt, and I'm like, fucking Pop Roach is coming. Pop Roach is coming. Damn it. And I get back to the seat, and it was falling, and I was, wasn't disappointed. I was like, oh, well, this is awesome. I thought they would headline. Um, so I'll give a quick, just what I saw of them. They had a really well-picked-out set list. Uh, they started with Zombified, which was a really cool way to start out the show. Um, but what really got me was the speech that you're probably going to play, the yeah. piece of. So yeah. there was uh, the talking in between. Ronnie's an asshole. Right? Ronnie's got a song called I'm an Asshole. I don't really care. But I mean, I don't like him because of that. The reason I never liked Falling was because of all the shit talking and songs and shit, you know, with Escape, because I was an Escape the Fate fan. Yeah. And then you got me into it, and I, and I was like, you know, this last year you got me into the music and he's starting to come around. Yeah. Like uh, 10 years ago, Ronnie was an egotistical fucking guy on stage yelling and screaming at everybody. He was very in control of the crowd. He shut a lot of shows down. Get that guy out of here. Get this guy out of here. What's this guy doing? You know, he was a bit of a fuck, you know, and I got no patience for that. Very Megadeth, Dave Mustaine, you know, <laughs> yeah. yeah, like fucking yeah. type of shit. And I don't have no patience for that. I think, and Ronnie's checked himself. He's kept his ego though. He's like when you'll hear in the clip, he's like, "I know I'm crazy on Twitter, but I fucking mean it." Like he's he's not shying away from his craziness by saying, "I'm sorry, I'm crazy." He's saying, "I'm sorry, you have a hard time handling it." Yeah, I'm doing better at controlling it myself. 
thanks for coming along for the ride. And I have mad respect for that because I'm a bipolar fucking mentally ill person. I've, had, I've come a long way since I was married in 25 and fucking losing my mind about everything to now where like nothing bothers me like it used to. <laughs> well, that's one thing he always sings about too is, uh, especially in that new one, he talks about uh, how he's got mental, mental problems, mental health problems, and he's on meds, but it only helps him temporarily. And yeah. in the end, he, he ends up losing it anyways and yeah and that's people don't understand i think that's a well we're getting deep now this is cool uh, i'm supposed to be valentine's episode fuck let's get into mental illness <laughs> um you know mental mental illness is 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 a funny thing because yeah it doesn't go away so it's it's easier for people like, why don't you just take some pills sure so for about two months i won't be i'll be like you but it'll still happen it'll still get that day it'll still it'll and then just it just uh you know, it just piles up it's, in, in yeah, a little that, corner that, of your brain. That's then. one thing about taking the pills is you can take the pills for so long before your body, uh, your body actually it, like accepts it and adapts. And now you're just a little bit above the pills and then you have to increase your dose. Your, your then you go off. Then you, so, but it's an evolution, right? No pill is meant to, 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 to be taken for life. It doesn't exist. Yeah. So, you know, anybody that's, that's mentally ill is taking medication. Eventually you're supposed to be weaned off of it. So, and when you do, the idea is, is that you will become your own pill and you will identify this is a situation I'm about to go off in and you will calm yourself, remove yourself or kill yourself. One or the other, pick yeah. one of the three, you know, all three are viable options. <laughs> <laughs> so, and, and like, that's where I'm at. I don't take the meds. I have to stay away from the situations or deal with them accordingly because I was on meds for so long. Think, what well, would I, if I was on meds, well, how would I have reacted to this? I wouldn't have reacted at all. You know what I mean? And you got to be in that type of control. I just love that he'll talk about it. You know, it's a, it's, it's a sensitive topic. It's, it's, it's in his lyrics. And, um, it was just, I really liked his show. Can you play the, the, the footage of him yeah. talking about, like, this is just Ronnie ranting in between the songs. It, this clip shows, number one, how human and personable he's become, you know, and uh, also, but also that he's still got no holds barred. Like, he's still, I am who I am, you know. I might make mistakes, but I still, don't talk shit about my laptops. Don't talk shit about my shit. Oh, re re reset the shit. It's all good. Oh, come on, hang on a second. That's uh, Voices in My Head bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, it was uh, the talking in between songs was really, really good. It was interesting. Yeah. And you hear how humble he is. Well, he's got something to say, too, you know? Yeah. I want to talk about... I did a but there's something Man, that... This is sick. Thank you, guys. Alex was talking about... Hang on a second. There was something that Alex was talking about uh, prior to um, the show... And you'll hear Ronnie talk about it. And that's just in regards to, you know, everybody goes to these shows to see older songs. But with Ronnie, it's quite the opposite because he's dropping these hits. And I was trying to, I said to you, can we name another band other than Falling where the, the, the new single is getting a bigger crowd reaction than a 10-year-old oh, yeah. you song? Couldn't, you couldn't do that with a Metallica. You couldn't. No, that's a bad example. That's a bad example. Can we try, try a band that's got an album that anybody cares about? Um <laughs> like Metallica's got so many riffs. They even if they wrote their best song, you wouldn't know it was their best song because they've got five hundred other ones. Well, okay, so we were we were talking about Papa Roach. So Papa they're Roach still is still putting album. out their newest best yeah, stuff. Yeah, but their their new stuff. When you hear it, uh, they'll have like their hits. But as you were saying, they're not going to play that entire album. They're, they're smart enough to know where their bread's buttered. So Papa Roach is one of those bands that people are there for infest, getting away with murder and scars. Yeah. If that's it, yeah, the new single's good. But yes, yeah, so, and this is let, he's talking about that. So let's yeah. let's listen to. Him. <clears throat> you know, uh, bands, they release their first album and it blows up and they have this huge success usually and they try to follow it up and they might have a little bit more success and they try to follow it up and then, you know, usually what happens is people come to shows for their old songs only 
But what I've seen is people coming to shows for our new songs as well. Woo! I have so, to pretend I'm there still. <laughs> yeah, we love you, Ronnie. My titties. I'm showing you my titties right now. By the way, Ronnie. I did try to get my girlfriend to show you her cute little titties, <laughs> and she kept her dignity and said, I'm sorry, maybe if we were in the pit and I had more booze. So I tried for you, bud. We're all very grateful you guys have given us the life that we've always dreamed of as kids. And this is really fucking weird for me to say. I know some fucking psycho on Twitter. I get it. And I mean everything I say on Twitter, too. I love that he said I that. Um, I mean everything I said on Twitter. You guys, thank you very much. Yeah. Leave it, leave it, leave it. Can we get in trouble? We can't get in trouble. I'll talk over no. him. We can't get in trouble if I talk over him. He's all about using his shit online. Okay. Yes, he is. True. Because you're... I told you that my video was just a bunch of idiots singing around me, so I, yeah. I didn't send it to you. But listen to how well he does this. And you hear that low bass, how it's clearer yeah. and a little better than Escape. I want to hear this chord. This is the part I love here because it's three vocals. One, two, three. This is also, keep in mind, the last song of the show, so he's, he's spent and he's still singing that good. Oh, he doesn't do falsetto there, eh? He does, but it's distorted because his voice is spent. Fuck, eh? I never noticed that. I was trying to hear that part live, and I couldn't hear it because of the noise around me. And was killed out for a sec. I would. Uh, the other thing I wanted to sh you to play. So yeah, anybody that heard that, I mean, you gotta you gotta attest to it's a good speech, and that was a really cool thing. That that voices in my head bit. I wanted that we want. I want to talk a little bit about the bass player in Falling in Reverse, and I would like to showcase that that vocal in the voices in my head section in the bridge. Would you? Could we bring that next? So let's just talk about him real quick. Do you know his name? The uh, bass no, player. I, I wish I did. Let, I've no, I'm doing it. Hey Google, what is the bass player in Falling in Reverse's name? You might get older results. No, it's Tyler. Right here since 2018. That's definitely him. Oh, sorry. <laughs> Fucking cheat. Anyways, it's that guy. <laughs> but yeah, so, okay, so he, um, we were at the bar afterwards, and I said, did you notice the left-handed player on stage? And Mark hadn't noticed. Now, Mark's a lefty. I figured he'd, you know, be like, oh, look, a southpaw. Um, one of the things I loved about Falling in Reverse was that while Ronnie is up on the stage risers at the front of the stage, basically pacing left and right, um, singing to people, the band is set up like a t traditional four-piece behind him with bass player front and center stage with, a, with a, a mic stand and his bass and then the two guitar players on either side of him. And he walks away into the crowd and he walks off, you know, in the front of the stage a lot. And it gives them a chance to shine as his band. band. And, and he's gone on about how his drummer, what's his drummer's name again? Uh, Luke Holland. Luke Holland is like king, king of drummers. Get this motherfucker a crown. Heavy yeah. as the head, you know? He's like, this guy's is peak, and I'm glad I have him. I have the greatest drummer. Of, as far as studio drummers, I have the best one. And I love Ronnie's confidence in the man. Uh, but I think Ronnie needs to talk a bit about this bass by how amazing Tyler is. Tyler is playing a four-string bass, 
upside down. Yep. He's a lefty. He's playing the four straight, so his thick string is on the bottom. So for players out there, I was no. The reason I noticed is because in all the videos when they do those, everybody move, boom, do 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 those those heavy wrists with a big like slide or a dive. The bass player would like punch the floor almost with his <laughs> knee and his picking hand, grabbing the and, that, and the reason I'm realizing now is because he's playing the bottom string, whereas you know us traditional righties would play the top string. It's the thickest one. And then I had a thought, a whole fucking thought, like. It makes no sense that the thickest string is is closest to you as a person yeah. on a on an instrument. It should be on the bottom. I mean, holding you'd have to relearn everything about it, but you guys are right. Lefties playing right-handed guitars upside down have the right idea. The thicker, heavier portions of music should be further away from you and feel down, close to the ground, junk, jugga, junk, down, close <laughs> to the ground, junk, jugga, junk. Now we're going to play high, which is closer to your body. And I don't know. It's just the whole concept of an upside down right-handed instrument got me like, I'm, I'm going to go home and experiment. That's yeah. all I'm going to say. I wanted to give props to him and his vocal because he, him and Ronnie are the band. Ronnie has so much responsibility with his lyrics because they're rapid fire. They're like a machine gun at times. And you got to rapid fucking watch those fucking lyrics. Jesus Christ, they're everywhere. And Buddy's got to be able to kick in and double him, catch him when he needs a breath, and do screaming while he sings. That's a fucking yeah. task. And he does all three flawlessly. Honestly, I don't know who that Tyler guy is, but I hope he's getting laid on a regular because he fucking deserves it. He was killing that. Can yeah. you play me that clip? I'd love to hear. The, uh, what the part that I wanted to kind of focus because you can't see is um, when when is the, it the thirty six second or the the one minute long, probably the thirty six second. We we'll just press play quick and see. It's, it might be Pop Roach, that one. Yeah, that's the Pop Roach one. Okay. So it's the other one. Um, okay. Yeah. So did I did I send you that or did I send you a popular monster song? <laughs> No, I sent you the World Birds. Yeah. Oh, it's so good. Okay, so this is Watch This The World Burns and the bass player's doing backup, so I'll just shut up and... That was the basses right there. Yeah. And that's both of them. And now here's the riff. Like, that's why I, I said to point that out. Yeah. It's just killer. Like, it's just the complication between the two of them. Like, if you just took Ronnie and Tyler and took all the instruments away and just threw a mic in front of them and had them do their back and forth and their doubling, it would sound like Mob Deep. It would sound like <laughs> Prodigy and... and I'm mind farting um, on his butt. Anyways, it would sound that good. You know what I mean? It would sound yeah. like Eminem and, M and Proof back in the day when they were going. Yeah. You know, it, it's very well done. And I just, I, I I was really impressed by that bass player. Obviously, the drummer we knew was good. And we, there's a few fills. Something, uh, something I, I have to give Max props to. So the, the other guitarist that they have, I don't even know his name. He's always wearing a toque. And he's always the one that you see in the videos fucking... And he's a he's Canadian. Uh, Max is Canadian. Oh, it's Max. I'm sorry. And it's Max that's Canadian. And he let Max shine. So you always see Max in the music videos. And he's usually playing rhythm rhythm in the music videos. And this time he let him shine because Max is he's Canadian. He was up in his hometown. So he's all like, yeah. So because Max is Canadian, Max is on the spotlight. And you see him get up there and just, just as much. Just now, you know what's kind of cool? That means that all his 
instrumentation. Uh, sorry, all of his musicians know all the instruments. Yeah. I bet you his drummer could pick up a guitar and play it too. Yeah, I bet. I bet you that, and I bet you that um, Max could sit at the kit and probably not as good, but beat out this. This I bet you he's got a clause yeah. so that like if anything goes wrong, anybody can play anything except for him. <laughs> and, that, and you know what? That is smart. I'll give a fuck. How smart is it that he's like, yo, this is your hometown. You fucking go like mad props. A funny thing. Ronnie 10 years ago would never have done that. Funny thing that you were saying about uh, the bassist on the upside down guitar. There are older clips of Ronnie on stage with uh, playing lefty, but a right-handed guitar upside down. And I'm like, oh shit, Ronnie as well. He's a lefty naturally, but he learned right. Yeah. Wow. That's even harder. Um, No, no. I mean, just playing upside down. Just playing. Which means he's a left-handed person. Yeah. Yeah. That's insane to me. I didn't know that because I've seen him play guitar live hundreds of times and it's a right-handed guitar and he plays right-handed. So he yeah. can play a left. He can play a right. He can also, so think about that. He's, he's doing this and then he can just go same right. No, 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 <laughs> no. It'd be flipping a right-handed guitar upside down the same way that the drummer is. So all the, the bigger strings are at the bottom. That's what I mean. Yeah. But I've seen him play a right-handed guitar set up a right-handed way. Oh, okay. So he, this is right-handed a right-handed way, right? Yeah. He can just go like this and keep playing. That right-handed guitar now has the thick string on the bottom yeah. because I flipped it, and here he keeps going. He hasn't stopped. Yeah. That's mind-blowing to me. Mad props. Like, I didn't know that. You've impressed <laughs> me so much with this knowledge. He could literally, like, be... Boop. I need to learn that. I need. I now, now I have a new goal, Ronnie. My new goal is to be able to do that. To be able to jump like that. That's nuts. Yeah. I can't imagine the thought. Like that'd be like being in England and then or, or being in, and then just crossing, being in Canada and hitting a border, and now you're in England. So you just have to drive on the other side of the road, and you're on the other side of the car, like yeah. just like that. That's mind blowing to me. I'm so impressed yeah. right now. But 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 as good as falling was, as amazing and impressive as Hollywood was, and as much of a good startup as Escape was. So hang on. So I think Papa stole that show. So Papa was good, but in terms of stage presence, so we went through Escape the Fate. Hollywood Undead had amazing presence with crowd interaction. Yeah, Falling in Reverse comes in with um, more or less being very humble to the audience. It's a performance, as well as uh, giving his band props, paying yeah, tribute props. to to his bands, and then you get to Papa, who kind of had like everything. Yeah, I'm with you. They've got the hits, so they can bank on you know those. They've got the stage presence, but he also gave the musicians on stage their mad moments, props. mad yeah. props and moments. And yeah. then uh, he he was and then, and then rather than getting somebody on stage, he walked around the entire crowd. He did a full arena trek, and uh, I touched his arm. <laughs> do you, I sent you the footage? Yeah. My footage? I love it. That's like, I was like, dude, I love this guy. I love him. I'm sorry. And I, I said this to you before we started the show. And I'll, and I'll hold it. I'm going to hold it. I'm going to hold to it. I don't think there's a better live singer alive right now. I don't think there is one. I mean, Ronnie's good. I loved Ronnie, and I'm Bruce not taking nothing Dickinson's away from him. up there. But he's old now. Yeah. I, Bruce in 1989 is where Jacoby is now. In my and I mean Bruce is a better singer. Yeah. Not gonna say he's not, but Jacoby raps and screams, and Bruce does not do that. No. Bruce is great at uh, <laughs> a brave new world. <laughs> <laughs> and it can be it can be tricky uh, the the change going from like what to fucking uh, you like, fucking see, yeah. and then and then to drop from that to to be going. My name's Toby Tick, Mister <laughs> Dick. If you're nasty, I rock a mic with the voice that's raspy and not poetic in my operations. My guy, give it down. It's Oh, nice! <laughs> like to be able, and then to, 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 I can't, I can't. I'm like, dude, you're so good, you're so good. And then, 
Anyways, we're going to play footage of how good he is in a second. But here's the deal. I saw Jacoby in 2000. Uh, Infest was new. Last Resort was the only single. The only one. Nobody knew about Angels and Insects. Nobody knew about Broken Home. Um, they were opening for Eminem and Limp Bizkit an exhibit at the Sky Dome. It was 2000. And they had no tattoos and they were all 48 pounds. <laughs> you know? And they just fucking brought it. I'd never seen intensity like that. I remember being 12 and being like, holy shit. <laughs> you know? And then when they put out angels and insects and the video, the camera went inside of their bodies and stuff like that, I was like, that video encapsulates their live performance because it was just them playing live in a room, but the energy in the video was crazy. And I was like, that's how I knew Pop Roach was a, you know, my stepdad was like, yeah, Molly Crew, and that's a band that's going to last for 40 years. You know, Ozzy Osbourne is going to last for 50 years. That garbage, that's just garbage. That's not how I go. That's just a fad. Fuck you, stepdad. Just so you realize. There's <laughs> a good voice. You were fucking wrong. Voice. That's what my stepdad used to sound like to me. You're wrong. Uh, Pop Roach, 25 years later. And these motherfuckers are slapping. They're slapping these young bands going, this is how it's done. You take notes, motherfucker. And I'm, I'm sorry. Hollywood and all these guys were amazing. But like Hollywood and Escape, get your notebooks out. Get your fucking notebooks out for P. Roach. I mean, Falling Rivers on the same level, right? They're, they're doing their thing their way. This is their thing. Anyways, I love that he went in the crowd. And I, lo- I, I know earlier on the show that I was on the show that I gave the fucking, I love things you're making about James Cup too. Yeah. Are you paying me to sit down? Are you paying me to sit down? He bitched people out. About sitting down. Are you in the stands? Did you pay $100 to come here? Why are you sitting down? Get the fuck out. And nobody stayed sitting. I loved that. And it was... I don't... I'm with it. Like, don't come to these arena shows. The seats are in the way. I feel like they should... I feel like I want to buy an arena. I want to invent an arena with seats like they have in the stands, but they're all removable. Every fucking... Well, I mean, all, every seat pops out and goes into a room. All so the it's lower just, rows were... Like, they were all aluminum. Yeah, were I saw that. Yeah, yeah, that's what I want. That shit. Like, that's that's fucking what it should be like. And then just cram them in like sardines. You know what I mean? And I, I just think that um, Papa Roach makes me feel like it's 1996 again. You know what I mean? Like, I still feel like... And uh, the biggest thing with P. Roach was the no clicks. I, we've talked about this. No clicks. What does that mean, Mark? Uh, no click tracks in their ears. Who uses click tracks? Every, everybody. everybody. There's no band that doesn't. One of the most famous bands for playing fast live, faster, like so fast live that it's a gimmick, was Blink. Blink-182 would come up and they'd beat a, a three-minute song out in literally a minute and 45 seconds. Yeah. Like they would beat out all the small things in a minute 40 if they yeah. want to. It's not hard to do. Oh, yeah, One, two, three, four. No, 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 Double time, double time. Don't really notice because it's punk rock. This yeah. is double what, what small things would be double the time. But this yeah. is double. But does it seem that weird to you? All the small oh, things. It used to drive me True crazy care, when uh, truth brings, Travis Barker I'll take. played Carousel faster. I'm like, it was already fast. Let me go to the carousel. Here I am, standing on my own. Not a from the telephone. I know not a reason why. Those are the reasons to digest you. Wait, okay, and all right, say, all right. Like, <laughs> Jesus Christ, dude. All right, <laughs> all right, all right, all right, all right, all right, all right, all right. Now, ladies. Yep. Now, ladies. <laughs> now, fellas. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, but yeah. Uh, Shake what your mama gave you. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, uh, but Papa Roach to me, it just makes me feel like it's an old time. And I know they weren't playing to clicks because they were doing improv shit. They played the Still Dre jam, you know, all that stuff. I have a. There was uh, a. So they had a guitarist that was Horton. that was up in the back corner. Yeah, he's their and, fifth and member. And he was surrounded by instruments. And I'm like, is he actually going to play all that shit? And then fucking for. Uh, 
for between angels and insects, uh, he just pounded on that tom. Yeah. Yeah. It adds an intensity to that verse. And then and then he would like pick up the guitar for the chorus. Yeah. He's he's uh holding all the rhythm parts for Jerry, and he does a few leads. I don't know if you notice, but during Help, he plays the leads, and Jerry plays the uh the riff. Um. That's a very, like, Muse. Muse is a three-piece, but they got that fourth guy with his extra keyboard, extra guitar, extra drums, and he... Because, you know, these bands have all these... And that's that's where my bitching comes in. That's where I bitch at you, and I say, these bands with tracks are fucking losers because you can do <laughs> everything live. All you need is to hire one guy. The one guy actuates your samples, plays your extra guitar parts, Plays your extra keyboards is all the shit you can't do. No laptops needed. But then as we were saying in regards to laptops, it's the equivalent of losing a keyboard. No laptops So needed. if you lose the keyboard that You're has not, all the synth shit. But that's, but that's what I'm saying, though. When you've got a whole dude, it's a little better. Hey, Mr. Guy with the lost keyboard. You have a keyboard. You have a, a guitar and a bunch of drums. Can you make that? Yeah, we'll be fine. You know what I mean? Like, it's just more to work with. I That's... And, it was kind of cool that we went to, I'm glad we went to the show because that whole argument we had about, well, we saw a band do it one way and then another band go up and do it the exact opposite. So you see it can work both ways. But I give more credit to the guys that did it live with no fucking ticky tick in their ears. I will. I just will. I will give them more credit. I don't care. I just will. Yeah, but it's they had less hip hop. They it's, didn't have a trap beat. 808. It's still harder. What they do is harder. Now, could the extra member... If let's like I said, I try to add the extra member to falling in reverse for this, and I'm, I I don't see any problems. There's you get one of those um, samplers with the little thingies. You know the guy from Lincoln Park when they do, um, what's the first song on their first record? Na 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 na. You know the first song on Lincoln Park's first record goes uh, fucking gee. paper cut. Paper cut. You know, it's like a paranoid looking over my back. Yeah. It's like, you know, the beginning when he's got that. No, that's yeah, different. Different song. Oh, okay. But either the beginning of the song goes, um, I could play it on a riff. It's it's got a Yeah, it's very heavy and quick. But there's a right yeah. we just imitated the beginning of that song perfectly <laughs> by the way we might get sued for copyright but i'm saying he's up there doing that all those hip-hop chicka chickas are in there and then the band comes in and he's like okay i'm done my part now now i can just go wah, 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 wah. Yeah. <laughs> that's if you had a guy doing that if you had deep uh, mr han in falling in reverse he could do all the shit that the uh, tracks do that's what i'm saying is that the that's what the guy's doing on the laptops it's the same thing yeah like I, he's basically his own band member and yep. he lost his instruments i know it's just like i want to see it i want to see i like it cooler when they put him up on stage surrounded with shit like p roach doesn't go okay yeah. now you're our extra guy muse does it too muse is it's a common thing event sevenfold has a fifth guy on piano as well um m shadows will go up and he'll play the beginning of some songs because it's operatic and it's part of the show but yeah. there's a guy just beside the drums who's an unofficial touring member of the band and that's his job like ozzy ozzy's got the same thing but yeah i i just respect it more but it was cool to go to a show where we got to see both like it, yeah. dude, the whole dynamic and so there was so much about that show that just uh got me going i really glad we went can we play the footage yeah. of uh, just because i want to i want to attest to how good jacoby is live so i've got angels and insects footage of them finishing up bring it back to the beginning of the clip the beginning of the clip That 
was the beginning you sent. Oh, okay. I know what you meant to send me. It was that other one with the the lower. And then the bass player, although I stopped recording, got a sick little solo at the end to rip <laughs> rip up the neck there, and I was like, so cool. But it just they sound better than their album. That's a twenty three year old song, and it sounds better than the original. It's he's got more uh, more attitude in his voice. He's loud, but he still sounds identical to how it was back th- in the day. I think it's also because now he's had years of experiences but, of performing. But you heard him play well. Help. Help's four years old. And that was in just as intense. Yeah. That's why that there separates the men from the boys right there. He's, he's the song he wrote last month sounds just as good as the twenty three year old one. That's why I love them. I think I would argue with pretty much anybody that I think Jacoby might be the best front man alive right now. Though he's at his peak, you know, he's not on any drugs, he's not on any booze. He is as pure as of, of energy as you can get. You know what I mean? And I love it. I love. I've always liked him. He's an inspiration for other people who are fucked in the head. You know, when they did. Oh, yeah. Listen to his voice in this. Oh, flat note. (laughs) But right here. Yeah. Just, just fuck me in the face. <laughs> oh, God, I just came. <laughs> oh. Yeah, too much. Uh, that was the song that my girlfriend was uh, weeping so fucking horribly on the ground. I had to pick her up because they're just, dude. There's another thing. They did help, and I died. I fucking died. Like, it, their their songs are are pretty good, but not a lot of bands can take that emotion that like you're sitting at in your car listening and and do. And Limp Bizkit's another one. When Limp Bizkit does, you know, Boiler Live, or when they do. You know something nasty, rearranged live. Like you feel it. You see, you could see Fred like grabbing, grabbing his chest. You know, there's just and 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 Jacoby's the same way, man. When he does scars, I've never seen him do scars and not look like he's gonna cry. Yeah. Never. And I've seen him play that song since it debuted in 2005. I saw them on that tour at the Amphitheater. They were opening for somebody. He said it was the resurrection of his band when he announced scars at our show. He said this was the song that brought. I was done. I was out. We were gonna give it up. We had our we had our our hits, but we were out. And this this will save it. This is the only reason I'm still here is because of this song, and I think that's cool. Ah, I'm a big fan of P. Roach, and if you haven't seen them, you're an idiot. You need to go see them. All right, that is the Rockzilla Two tour that uh, that we've just talked about, and now we're gonna get into some other stuff. Happy Valentine's Day. Okay, so with Valentine's Day around the corner, all right, everybody, we have to talk about Valentine's Day. Well, we don't have to, but we're going to because. It's coming up. That's what she said. You know what else is coming up? I said that's what she said. (laughs) My dick Valentine's Day night. (laughs) Unless I've taken too many narcotics that day, and then it won't get hard at all. 
was that? <laughs> Depending on the narcotic. It could well, be Viagra or Cialis. <laughs> I just remember when I was on my bipolar medication years ago, they were like, yeah, you're going to have dick problems, just so you know. And I was like, I think I'd rather be crazy. <laughs> but uh, I, never, I never was a problem. I would argue it was more hard. It was like, go away! Try to work or something. You know what I mean? It was worse after. So, yeah, I just think that's kind of funny. But, yeah, that's what she said. Um. <laughs> <sighs> You just think of like Valentine's be, Day. being a boy back in the day in high school, like when when you get those like the random erections that guys do. God, I hated that. Yeah, it, but I'll be honest, I blame uh, G strings. I don't blame myself. Oh, oh every I little. Thought you were talking about like you're a musician, so when you say nope, a G string, I, I thought you were talking like women's bow. underwear. Because every fucking little grade eight slut in my school wanted to walk around with their fucking underwear hanging out, and that's. Not my dick's problem. I mean, you might have been around the time. My dick didn't know how to react to that, so it just walked around going, what? Under? I was like, no, this is not the place. Well, you might have been around the time. I don't, I don't I, know if I you remember. Busy. No, settle down. Jesus Christ. We're in fucking, history. Uh, the, the WWE, WWF attitude era where fucking yeah. Lita was walking around Dude. with the fucking thong straps up the side. Yeah. And that was. Everybody did that. Yeah. That was the, that was the look. <laughs> That was the look. Britney Spears was the, did it too. Britney Spears did the thong over the over the. It's their um their hip muscles where your hip is. You just flick it up over those so it stays in place. And uh, yeah, I think they just love the power. There's like and, oh, then, and then yeah. Oh, all I have to do is take this little piece of material and flip it over my hip bone, and all the boys turn into rapists. <laughs> it's just <laughs> not cool, man. We're just like primal instincts kick in. We want to kill. I must make more of myself. And they're like, oh, that's fun. You know, it's just, it's a whole situation is fucked to me. Yeah. But it was a tough thing in the 90s, man, in the early 2000s. I'm so glad that uh, now they just walk around in uh, uh, belly tops and thongs with like, and booty shorts. <laughs> like if I, if grade eight Alex knew that that piece of material was just the tip of the butt cheek iceberg, because now it is fully okay to be like 12 or 13 and walk around with 20% of your ass hanging uh, just out. No, yeah. no, I'm not saying you should. I'm saying it happens. It's out there. And I'm now I drive around and I'm like, fuck man, I'm glad I'm not one of these grade eight boys. Like I thought I had it bad with the thong shit. These kids, oh, I just cut it off. You might as well just cut, a, cut it off, leave it at home. I can't go to high school with this thing. I'm going to get in trouble. Like, you know, if I was 17, 18, fuck no thing. What? These guys uh, have it worse than we do. Butthole surfers. They had a, they had a song called the, detachable penis and it was all like it <laughs> has funny. this dialogue where it's like i woke up one morning to discover my penis was missing again. i wake up every morning and my penis isn't there so detachable <laughs> penis <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it'd be one of those things that'd be, uh, that would be nice. That like, oh yeah, I left it at home. Oh, we just have to have a conversation. I'm sorry, I left it at home. Or I could just like kiss you in that spot. You sound very much like um, what is it? Like well, but, Michael Sarah right now. <laughs> well, that's how you would talk if it wasn't attached, because nothing would really excite you. Like, yeah, I guess I could eat your pussy. <laughs> you know, when you have a dick attached, you're like, yeah, I'll eat your pussy. <laughs> you know, it's a different, very different. <laughs> Anyways. Um, Speaking of which, uh, if you want advice for Valentine's Day from Mark and I, eat a pussy. If you're not a normal thing you do, maybe spend Valentine's Day doing that. You know, they like that. It's very enjoyable. Maybe uh, maybe she's not the cleanest girl. It's Valentine's Day. Take a breath. You know? <laughs> I don't know what to say. Like, uh, maybe she doesn't like shaving that much. Buy a razor. Do it for her. And then go to town. Like, just spend that time. It will make all... I'm telling you, boys. I'm telling you, it'll make all the difference. You could be single on February 15th, or you could get that once-a-year blowjob. Your call. You All just, you need to do is go down so there. So you just and went through kisses. an office watch through. Do you remember <laughs> when uh, 
when Ryan was kicking himself because he hooked up with Kelly <laughs> February 13th. <laughs> and he said, he looks at the camera and he said, I just realized I hooked up with her on February 13th. February 13th. <laughs> and he just looks at the camera like, yep, that was season like two. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> my office walkthrough was just complete. By the way, my office walkthrough is uh, complete. Where's yours at? Uh, I'm in season four right now. <laughs> nice. You're, you're doing a slow one. You're nice. Yep. Take your time. Yep. I whipped through it and... um. I enjoyed it so much. I enjoyed it so much. I saw things I didn't notice before. I enjoyed pranks that I've always enjoyed. It was a good watch through. And I got to watch the show evolve. Like, I really took an outside perspective. Yeah. I watched the way the jokes evolved, the writing staff evolved, the, the the sets. Like, I really got into, like, a production aspect of watching it. And, and it made it a lot more funny because I was like, ah, I know how they made this episode because yeah. you talk about it with the girl. What's that girl podcast <laughs> that you like with the two girls? Uh, the Office Ladies. The Office Ladies. I highly recommend people go check that out. Yes. Um, with Jenna Fisher and Angela so-and-so. Kenzie. <laughs> and uh, the two stars of that show that are that is still a podcast now. But yeah, check it out. Um, and, and if you haven't rewatched The Office this year and you're in that, you know, January, February. They have day, Valentine's Day episodes. They have like 10. <laughs> no, not ten, but they do have at least three that I can. That that, that singles party that uh, that Michael Scott throws. Oh, that's where, amazing! Where he's uh, what about the speed dating one? Yeah, <laughs> he's giving uh, he's giving Jim and Pam shit for being in a relationship. Yep. on Valentine's yeah. Day. Well, so you guys uh, aren't invited because you're in a relationship. What about the one where Jim and Pam almost break up on Valentine's Day? And he yeah. says, "I think I'm going to go to Philly tonight," and she says. Okay, and he goes. And, and, no, no, why? No, 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 she no. says, "Why?" Yeah, and he's and like, "Because I don't want to fight." I, he, no, he says, "Because I think we're just gonna fight." Yeah, and then she says, "Okay," and then it's quiet, and then she goes, "Jim, I think I want to fight." Yeah. Says, okay, put your dukes up, Beasley. He says, put your dukes up, Beasley. That's I want that so fucking bad, dude. That's that's so it's so cool to see that. You know what I mean? That's that's so cool. I like I love watching those moments because yes, the office is about laughing, but it's also about going, bro. This is what it, real love is, and if you don't have this, then fucking keep looking. You know what I mean? I think that's pretty cool. I, I think I might be on the right track. We had some one really the, cool one moments of the out hardest there moments, at the gig. One of the hardest moments to watch in that relationship is when he's been in Philly so long that she's actually numb to him being gone. And then he comes up to her and he hugs her. And she's just like... Her she arm, doesn't hug her back. Her arms are out and she's kind of numb to this. And then it, she goes through like memory lane and, and it just kind of dawns yeah. on her like, no, this is what I wanted. It's kind of... Um there are this uh, this is an interesting quick topic. And this is still all Valentine's related because we are talking about love. So uh, don't bitch about this. But yeah... Um, <laughs> The only part of The Office I don't like, the only part of it that I look at and I get a little annoyed with, and I, this was the first time I got annoyed with it, was how they saved their relationship because we don't all have that. In fact, none of us do. Pretty much none of us. Is that ability to say, hey, film crew, can you give me a greatest hit so this bitch can remember why we're doing this? Yeah, but that was And that it's not always the girl. It could also be a, hey, film crew, can you get a documentary of clips together so this asshole can remember why he yeah, loves me? That, I don't like that. That doesn't happen in real life. No, you don't get to do that. You, you do. just have to man the fuck up and say, and, and do it yourself and play that, that video in your head and go, I still love this girl and I got to stick this out even though it's rough right now. now so, you don't get that in yes, real life. Yes, you do. So, uh, Not unless and, you do it yourself. Uh, but that's what I'm saying. So uh, with Facebook memories where the whole, where were you at this time? As well as the amount of shit that, like I never know when she's taking pictures of us. Uh, okay, I'm going to cut you off because you're, it, it's not the same. 
I'm talking a fucking DVD with music and perfectly edited clips. Oh, you can you can totally do that. I mean, you saw so that. many so many phones have their own ability to fucking make their stories out of your pictures. And what about before you had Facebook, or what about the moment you didn't catch on film? Was there a crew there catching it for you, Mark, while you were busy bawling all over her, pouring yourself out, saying, "Baby, I want you back," or "Baby, let's build a life"? Was somebody just sitting in the bush catching that for you? You've, I didn't fucking think so. Or you've did been you able only, to do that for you, a long time. You yes. only have the footage available that you took, is my point. You can't just say, hey, guys, go find that moment I fell in love with her. You don't have that. You were like 18, 17 the first time you looked at her and went, I want a piece of that. You'll never get that back. That, But they have that. That's They have that. That's what made that video so crazy was him listening to the headphones you know, you don't have footage you guys 17 years old listening. You have that one picture on the bed where you're grabbing the tit. And we tell the story and we have the joke. And it's beautiful. And I'm not taking that away from you. I'm just saying Jim and Pam had that picture in a full video section yeah. with music dubbed in. And his friends did it for him. It's not the same as like what Sonya sent me that little TikTok video of us on our little vacation with the song on it. Like that melted the shit out of my heart. But that is like a 10% piece of what he got to give her. Yeah. And I just... I. I think all relationships would probably survive if you had a film crew to do that for you, to say, guys, we're having a rough patch. Can you remind us of why we're doing this? And have someone do it. I was In that moment, I went, I think if more people had that... Well, okay, around. so like, minus the fact that Jim didn't do that, everybody has that ability to do that. You can look Jim over your shit. Jim didn't do it, and they had footage that Jim would have never been able to capture even if he wanted to. What are you going to do? Hey, babe, I'm in the middle. Uh, are we, are we going to kiss for the first time? One second. No, no. Really? No, like, no. that's it's, not It's all happen. those smaller moments that you think are cute that you're like, oh, yeah, okay. Fucking. And you can capture those. And yeah. I've gotten good at them, and we do do that. But having somebody literally capture the moment so you, you make look, a fucking. You, when, you, you kiss the first time? When you make a summarized fucking video of this shit, and then it's like, oh my God, I remember that moment. I just lo- I thought oh that God. was cool. And I was like, fuck, I wish more couples could get that. It might help. Yeah. It might save them. I mean, it, it it's very intrusive. You have so, to think of You have to think it is of the intrusive. other side. It is intrusive. You're yeah. right. You're definitely right. You're not wrong with that You're like hey we're trying to have a fucking moment here can you shut that shit off well they hid in the bush they hid in the bushes <laughs> yeah. that was the point of the show is they didn't know <laughs> that they had what do they call the special they like we turned off our packs so like doesn't matter we've got whatever they were called there's like a mic like parabolic microphone parabolic is what they yeah they parabolic microphones would pick up everything like what yeah. um the senator turned turn to being gay is like oh, i'm gonna get ahead of this like i just thought that that whole thing was really cool when the documentary gets released um and I don't even care. To this day, when talking about love, my favorite arc of that entire show is uh, Dwight and Angela. I don't know. They, there, there's some shady shit where, where they Angela... They make it too funny sometimes. They make it more of a joke than a there, serious there's thing. There's some shady shit where Angela's literally saying like you know, it is your kid and I didn't tell you because I wanted you to love me for me, which is shady I, on her part. I kind of liked... I was like, bro, I, I liked that. I was like, I would do that too. <laughs> I, I like that part. But when Dwight says, I would raise a thousand kids. Other, from, I would from, raise a thousand from, other people's kids yeah. for you. Yeah. Yeah. That was a cool line. Yeah. yeah. And I mean, not a lot of dudes will do that. You know what I mean? Like not a lot of dudes are willing to do that yeah. step up kind of thing. That's a step up situation. I like that. I'm with you. I'm, I, the Dwight and Angel thing. I love the way it ends. And it breaks my heart when, uh, when she gets in the car and Oscar's there and she starts crying and Oscar's like, you know, the Senator, blah, blah. blah and it's like, no, I love Dwight. Yeah. It's like, oh, he God. thinks that she thinks oh it's because God. he thinks it's because her marriage is falling yeah. apart. And, and if uh, you listen to the office ladies podcast, they talk about how Oscar didn't know that she was crying over Dwight. That was the seat, like that was her stage direction that she was given, and to not let Oscar know. So it was oh, a surprise. So they were like, "Okay, whatever Oscar's real name is, you're gonna 
ask her what's wrong and just play off the scene. She's going to say this and you respond with this. And when yeah. she responded with Dwight, he had to naturally react. Yeah. See, I love those moments. It's yeah. like watching with the Joker press the button to blow up the hospital in Dark Knight. And then, and then it doesn't happen. It's like such a natural and reaction. Then, and then you see him hug her. And it's like, wow, this, like, throughout the, throughout the entire relationship between them and the office, she's always hated him because he was gay. And then they both fell in love with the senator. And, uh, and then when that relationship falls to shit, you see a friendship start where he's like, you know, you can come stay with me if you want. And then, and then they become good friends. And then you finally see her collapse into Oscar's arms because she's admitting that she's always wanted Dwight. Not Valentine's related, but my favorite relationship in that show is Jim and Dwight. For sure. Oh, yeah. That's uh, so relationships good. to me are easy to portray on screen, but there are definitely shows that do it better. Right, we're naturally drawn to want Jim and Pam to be together. We're we're drawn to it. The Dwight Angela thing was a little bit unnatural, but you do fall in love with them around the time of the birth contract. Is when I go. That's that's when you really like them as a couple. But for me, it's it's Jim and Dwight. My the moment when she thinks she says, "I don't know if I'm going to be good enough," you know, and he has to convince her that pranking Dwight and being assistant to the assistant of the assistant to the assistant of the regional to the assistant manager is a is a, is a fun <laughs> job. And he has to play all these games and they remember their gold medals from their Olympics and when, shit. When they go to, uh, when he goes to uh, throw that fucking, that fucking AARM fucking yeah. bone at, at the back of Jim's head and uh, while he's trying to show the DVD. Yeah. It's like, can you wait a second? He's like, no, now. And then he gets in there and then he has to give that speech yeah. where he's like, you know, you love Angela. You've you've known it all along. You've just been denying. And he says to he says to her, he says, if I hadn't put myself out there with Pam while she was with Roy, while the shit was hitting the fan, when I shouldn't have, when everybody said you're crazy, if you know what I mean, then I wouldn't be where I am. And he, and he looks he looks at Dwight and says, you got to put yourself out there, man. Yeah. You can't expect great things if you're not willing to 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 jump great back, you know, make, and a, make a great leap. One of the most heartbreaking scenes when Dwight's in the stairwell crying over the loss Dude. of Angela, and and he goes to reach for him, and he's already walked yeah. away. Fuck! <laughs> I can't, Mark. I can't. <laughs> I wasn't gonna cry in the Valentine's episode. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but that was Jim saying like, I want I want to know. I need to know how many takes. I need to know <laughs> because his. People people don't understand how hard acting is. They don't they don't get it. They think anybody can do that. You need to understand that that scene is not about the script. It is not about nothing. But what's the, what's that called? The placement of the people staging, like when you're yeah. memorizing where you're supposed to stand and yeah. what movement you're supposed to do. It's separate from the script and everything else. Is is that not called the staging? Yeah. Okay. So it's the staging. It's the way he sits. It's Dwight crying against the wall and. They must have used their ears to hear their their the material of their shirts rub against the wall so he would know Jim was gone and know to reach for him when he was gone because the timing is just so perfect. Yeah. Also, another perfectly timed moment that is all about staging is when Jim and Pam are trying to do better and they're in therapy and he says... Like I have to go. I wish I didn't have to. I'm like, no, you know, and they're doing the, they're, they're they're using the therapy yeah. words. Yeah. And he leaves and it's just the way she looks for him. He looks for her first and she's adjusting her desk. And then he just says, okay, fine, whatever. And leaves. And then she looks for, it's just the, the staging on that moment. And, and, and that then, that's where she looks for, uh, at his desk, see, sees the umbrella and chase that. And that's out. yes. That, and then the hug happens, the yeah. weird hug with no back, but it starts with that moment with, with the staging and the 
camera placement and the cinematography and everything about the scene, although it is a simple sitcom, it's genius. It's fucking genius. It's it's so human. It you could make that scene very inhuman. You can make it very unrelatable. But you are there and you are immediately longing for that same hug because of the way it was shot and the way yeah. that they did that. I love that. So like I said, I wasn't gonna cry on the Valentine episode. <laughs> but no, it is. It really is beautiful. And I think that uh, I love that when Jim and Pam kind of fight. They should, it's it's a big part of why the show's great because it's like you got to see the fairy tale bullshit. Yeah. Now they got kids and they hate each other. Yeah. Like real life. And I like that. I like that they show them that they fucking hate each other. They've got kids. But Jim is like, it's, it doesn't matter. I, I told Sonya the other day that my, probably my favorite office moment that I'd also missed too. I love talking in the office with you because we always pick up, we, we've got such a good knowledge. Yeah. Is the pros and cons chart. Remember the pros and cons sheet? Yeah. What's important, what's not important. That was, oh. For those who don't know, they are, uh, they, the, the, I can't remember the black. Idris Alba comes in and he makes a, a list of everybody's name and he puts one on the left and some on the right in the office. And eventually they that, think that's actually uh, Robert California. Oh, sorry. It wasn't yeah. Idris Alba. It was Robert California. Who's played by, I don't know, Ultron. That's all I know him as <laughs> David Spader. Yeah. Right. Yep. Spader. Okay. Yep. Yeah. So he comes in and they see the list and they're trying to wonder who the losers in the way. And eventually um, admits that one side was people he likes and one side is people he's not so sure about. So, Jim makes his own list, and on one side is Pam, Cece, and the new baby, and on the right side it just says everything else under uh, on the unimportant. James us. Spader. James Spader, and it just oh, I died. David Spader is that David? <laughs> David Spade is the yeah. comedian. Yeah, yeah, sorry, I was close. <laughs> Anyways, yeah, that moment. Oh, so many. Yeah. But <laughs> Jim and Dwight, when he gets Michael, he says, "You know, the best man's got to be older than you." You know, and you yeah. told me that the original was scripted Creed yeah. to pop in there, so even. Rain Wilson didn't know that Steve Carell no. was going to be in that scene. Too much, man. I can't. Yeah. I can't. So yeah, I'm, uh, if you're feeling romantic and you want to be inspired, here's a, my advice to you boys. Although you're hearing this and it's probably Valentine's Day or or the day before, if you need inspiration for Valentine's Day next year or the year after, watch the Valentine's episodes of The Office or do a be a man and do a proper rewatch for all nine seasons. And I am I'm in saying all nine for a reason because all nine includes the Jim and Pam arc as well as the post marriage kids hate, and it also includes Jim, uh, Dwight and Angela's full story. Which is the, so a couple other big moments uh, yeah, rock in, the, in, in the Valentine's Day episode uh, was also the giving blood, the blood drive. Oh, yes. The and blood then, drive and is a fantastic Mi episode. Then Michael end, ends up talking to somebody who actually finds his jokes funny. And uh, and then he's got this Cinderella story where he wants to find this woman who left behind a mitt. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's that. That's a great. Yeah. Um, a few other moments, although their relationship doesn't work out. Jan. And Michael on the train. I'm sorry. Yeah. That always gets me. I've had that talk. I've had, I've been there. I've, I've done that. I've been uh, self-destructive like horribly and run off and had my girl find me. Like yeah. know where I was going to be and sit down and be like, I know you think that this is over, but I got you. Like yeah. I, this, I know this is a low moment for you and I need you to know that I'm going to have you no matter what. And I was like, really? <laughs> are you sure? <laughs> it's really hard right now. <laughs> you know what I mean? And I mean, as a man, we aren't allowed to have those moments. As a man, we're supposed to, to run to the train, have our cry, and then be like, I'm good to go and get back to work. You know what I mean? And they should, I love, that's another thing about The Office that I think is beautiful is that, you know, Rain Wilson plays a dweeby little guy who, you know, has his weaknesses and Jim is, isn't tough like Roy he doesn't fucking toughen up to Roy he's fucking scared of Roy yeah. men get scared uh, bottom line we get we're not supposed to tell people that but we get fucking scared I'll scrap anybody 
But if you think I won't fucking gook before I do, yeah. yeah, I fucking do. You know, so like we're not allowed to talk about that. And they get into this really this male toxic masculinity. Masculinity is destroyed in the office, and I love that. Yeah. I love that Jim can be a sensitive dude that doesn't like yeah. scrapping, and that's okay. And and in another hard moment is in the episode after the dinner party. It has to do with. Um, the by the way the memes with jan and his little tiny flat screen tv yeah <laughs> I love those memes. but uh but so the construction crew of somebody else in that business yeah. park right, right. are parking their cars the there. parking issue yeah and uh and then when kevin and andy actually win so uh you find I love it, the you five find family out, scene the five family yeah. scene is genius. you find out early in the episode that kevin and stacy have broken up yeah and then after they get the small victory kevin's almost crying in the camera and he's like it's just Good to win one. Yeah, once no, in a that, while. that it's got it's that's it. You you've hit that, and that's another one where yeah. you just you stop and you go, you forget for a moment that it's a comedy, and yeah. you realize that's. I think that's why, yeah, that's why we talk about the office on this show a lot. I think that people that don't care about the office, I'm sorry, like you're missing out, man. You need you need to watch it and and there's connect. so many humane moments that you're missing that are so relatable. I would argue that if you watch the office and you don't like it, you need to think about yourself you need to no you need to really think about your humanity and your empathy and your and your sense of love and your sense of respect and belonging and your sense of work ethic and think about where you are with those things and if you don't relate to anybody in the office i think you should check those things yeah if there's no character in that show that you can't look at and get a little something out of i think there's something wrong with you yeah. <laughs> no not to be mean not to be mean but yeah anyways that's where i'm at yeah. office is amazing do a watcher it, it'll and my my point with my rant was it's inspiring if you need yeah. a uh, uh when he proposes to pam at the gas station you know like that wasn't fancy or romantic or nice it was necessary well, and it you is see the, michael scott recap that and it's like oh yeah bad weather was also a factor oh that is right yeah, yeah sounds romantic yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but then they show the scene while he's talking that shit they cut that yeah. scene and you 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 break down yeah. You're like, yeah, he doesn't know what he's talking about. I love it. So, enough about The Office, but my God, re go rewatch it. I'm getting that fucking Lego playset, bro. Yeah. I swear to oh, God. My so birthday's bad. in May. Let's go! <laughs> All right. We've got somebody uh, somebody else here, though, that wants to give us some, I don't know, we'll call it, call it, call it, call it advice. Buongiorno. I'm Fabio. And I'm very interested in what makes romance work. Now, I am also interested... Go, go. <laughs> As he gets hit in the face by a bird on a roller coaster. Right? Now, I don't know. <laughs> this I, I think this is a good idea. You ever Do you go to the movies sometimes? Have you ever done a Valentine's date with a movie? Yeah. Dinner and a movie kind of thing? Yeah. All right. But has it ever been like this? Take a special lady to a cinema where we can hold hands in the dark and whisper very quietly about what we see. <laughs> I wonder. Put your hands in the popcorn. Will she kiss me Deeper. like that? Deeper. Deeper in the popcorn. Will I always be the hero of her life? <laughs> I always be the hero of her life. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, I had to play. Oh man, fucking Flavio! I had to play some of these. I'm sorry, over. Yeah. So, and for all the ladies out there that just finished masturbating <laughs> to, to this voice, um, yeah. Anyways, I wanted to ask you about um something. So we're gonna we're gonna do a little segment here, and I'll, I'm gonna call this the perfect Valentine's gift. It makes a perfect Valentine's gift for the ladies. That those are twenty percent. Alex is about to have a much better podcast. <laughs> oh, these are fantastic. What, what is it called? Thunder? Twisted Thunder? 
Island Tunda. It be Island Tunda. Island Tunda, man. Yeah, yeah, it's okay. Island Tunda. That's, that's what we had before. That's oh, what, yeah? That's what we had before the concert. We just stole soap from our hotel. That's all. <laughs> Sorry. You're like fucking, like, you're like Ross and friends. I nothing. Like, well, you can't take this or that, but you can take this. I tried to take a lamp, but they nailed them down. No, they did yeah. nail them down. I was just being a dick. All right, I'm going to do this. Can I take the remote? No, you can't take the remote, but can I take the batteries? I did. Uh, <laughs> dick move. Dick move. Um, Valentine's Gifts. I'm going to be honest, okay? Quick question tomorrow, Nara. That was a Valentine's gift? The picture song combo song? shit? Was that not a Valentine that situation was, or no, birthday? That was, that was around uh, Boxing Day. Okay, so it was a Christmas one. Well, you know what? I'm going to call it as a really great Valentine gift idea, okay? Yeah. Um, so Mark did a thing one for Tamara. How many years ago would that have been? Six years yeah. ago. So I'm going to call this one of the greatest Valentine gifts ever. I, I've got a few Valentine gifts I've done that I think are really good. But this is one of the ones that I think, I don't think any man would do this and it would go bad, you know? Yeah. So what Mark did is, I mean, he wrote a song for her. But I mean, anybody could go, hey, babe, I wrote you a song. And sit at the end of your bed and go, I love you. You're so pretty. I like it when you put my penis in your mouth. And I like it when you do my laundry. And I like it when you cuddle me at night. Like, it's not romantic. It's not fun. You know? Girls are like, oh, my God, thanks for the song. <laughs> what Mark did was Mark recorded the song, cut the tracks, which isn't hard to do. Buy a microphone, buy a computer, press record, and shut the fuck up. It's not hard. You don't have to be a good recording. If the recording was shit, if the recording was absolute, the worst quality play school record button fucking cassette tape, would you have cared? Of course not. That's the point. My point is, is it doesn't matter how good the quality is. Right, boys? And it was an acoustic song, yes? Yeah. Acoustic guitar? Yeah. And, you know, just lyrics that related to their relationship, you know? Things have been hard at times, but it's worth it because I love you, baby. You know, that kind of shit. Some, maybe probably some lyrics in there that are personal to them. And then he took this lyrics of the song. Correct me if I'm wrong with any of this, by the way. And he got them printed out on a piece of paper in a cute font, and he got it framed, and then he got a picture of them together as a couple and framed it and a few other pictures and, you know, sent her the recording and then gave her this kind of collage with the lyrics, like, here's the song in a physical form, and then here's the song in audio form. And, it, it, and it, I can't think of a nicer thing to do the for your girl. The, the lyrics are on top of the picture, yeah. right? But either I just can't think of a nicer thing to do. I really, I really can't. Here's the song. Okay, fuck yeah, bro. Well, listen to like the first verse on the chorus, and then I'll. Yeah, that's okay. We've tried and tried and tried. I made you smile and cry. You only tried to please me. By the way, ladies, Mark's not single, so don't get your hopes up. But damn, he writes good songs. I got my lighter going down here. <laughs> Just let it go. This is the part where I'm like, fuck, not only did he write a song, but he wrote a pretty good one. You could write any shitty song for your girl. He's like, nah, I'm going to use one of my better ones. That's a man. So 
bongos, bro. I'm telling you, the bongos are dope. This one's got a guitar solo? Little guitar bit in the bridge, yeah. right? Yeah, I don't care. You're not allowed to shut it off. I want to hear it. I like that bit. Christmas song now. By the way, the most important song of a part of any song is the bridge. And this one's killer. That, and then that perfect chorus, the perfect chorus blend. That's the hardest part. Fuck, I love Mark's shit. Octave change coming up. Oh shit! Prepare your dicks. Ball squeeze. How much higher? Two, two steps. One step. Uh, one full step. One full step. So you were in D and now you're in E. I can't do it. Fuck you. That's hard. No, dude, that, oh, yeah. Ends with a, fuck my face. Yeah, just do it. <laughs> no, that's good, man. That's a panty drawer. <laughs> um, so, yeah, the, the, the point of the song. Makes a perfect Valentine's gift for the ladies. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I love it. I love it. I wanted to, uh, I don't think we did that last year, but this year I no, definitely wanted yeah. to po po that, point out that was a cool, cool gift. And as a musician, I mean, if you're not a musician, there are a mil I'm going to give you non-musician fuckers a million ideas right now. You take any acoustic song and you get, you can go on YouTube. Um, what's an Ed Sheeran song that everybody likes? <laughs> everybody, he's one of them, right? Yeah. Girls love that, Photograph. that bitch. Isn't that Nickelback? No. He has a photograph, right? Yeah. He does. Isn't that the song we talked about breaking his leg when he's a kid and all that dumb shit? <laughs> it's stressed out. No, it talks about keeping a picture of the chick uh, in in his locket at his chest. Yeah, it's stupid. Anyway, I don't like Ed Sheeran, but I know girls do. So then what you do is you go on YouTube and you find an instrumental. It, they're everywhere. Just search like Ed Sheeran. What was the name of the song again? So Photograph. So fucking forgettable. <laughs> uh, search Ed Sheeran forgettable instrumental. Done. And now you've got an instrumental track. Write your own lyrics. Baby, I love you. How's that stupid song? How's the Ed Sheeran well, song go? Can you sing it? Perfect. By, by, by uh, Headley or Simple Plan? Me inside the pocket of your ripped jeans. Oh yeah. yeah. So you can be like, you could easily be like, you can keep 
me in the basement if you want. I don't know. I was like, whatever the fuck you can come up with, right? Make it funny. In the basement with right? the other maybe your, maybe your girlfriend likes to tie you up in the basement. I don't know. All I'm saying is, is just change the lyrics of the song, use the instrumental, and fucking do that. How hard would that be to do? And then write the lyrics you made up on a piece of paper, put it in a frame, give it to her. It costs you, almost nothing, and she'll, you know, her heart will fucking melt. I don't know if you've ever seen this, but on Instagram now, there are ads for like people who will write a custom song for your your love like oh yeah yeah you know just pay us so much and like and then they'll they'll be like oh did you write this song and if you're a fucking smart valentine's gift for the ladies (laughs) you can you could say oh yes i did but no you didn't you just paid somebody to write the song and incorporate this person's name (laughs) like all pop artists that we know and love on billboard wait a minute we're supposed to say that right oops fuck man anyways uh we won't get too into that but yes valentine's has uh, lots of perfect gifts and i would argue that that personal stuff like um for christmas i made my girl a card like i don't i don't buy cards i haven't bought a card from hallmark so in forever i don't have the best artist skills but i'll just i'll draw them i'll write a cute little rhyme and it's a heart melter so tricky shows you care tricky thing so for her like she wanted a song right and and i was all like well i don't want to write a song because every time i write a song my relationship is cursed and it falls into shit you know? Well, if that was six years ago, it seems so far that it's been an okay run. Yeah, yeah, right? Whew, break and the uh, cycle. Thank, remember, we yeah. talk, how many times on the show have I talked about breaking the cycle? It's the most important piece of advice you'll receive in your whole life is to break cycles. Take us something that was a cyclical and fucking end it. Yeah. And you've done that with this relationship. Yeah. Good for you guys. And the, uh, the, the, the thing with the song is when it comes to music, I always go hard. I pour my heart into it in case anybody couldn't tell from the fucking lyrics. Of that I mean, yeah. Song. I mean, anybody that's listening it, to that going, he didn't even try. What a bitch. Yeah. Yeah. You had a cute train. I'd like Fuck to see that. you do better. And the only person that's like, I can is Ed. <laughs> Sheeran himself. She was I believe I can do a little bit. Shut up, Ed! And you're not English. What's with the accent? You don't have a soul. He definitely doesn't. How do gingers write love? Right. They stole soul stealing. I forgot about that. Yeah. Come here for a second. I want to get close to you. <laughs> oh, now I can write love Your songs. Your soul is mine. Now I can write love songs. Yay. <laughs> If you're ginger, you're still allowed to have Valentine's Day. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to offend you. <laughs> I mean, I married one of you people. That's why I'm so cynical. Also, okay, I got to give a quick... Can I... Can Alex have a five-minute bitch fan? I know it's Valentine's okay. Day, but right. love fucking hurts. Love hurts, man. Okay, Sammy Hagar. It fucking hurts. Love hurts. Shut up. <laughs> That's a good song. Don't. It's a lot of pain. I would love... If you would do that, I would play it's all the instruments if you would sing that for me. I swear to God. <laughs> um, okay... My mother has this fucking hilarious, fun habit. She likes to do this thing where she keeps all my exes on, keeps tabs on or some shit. So she's in market. I'm, I'm just this. And I'm, I'm not kidding. If anybody from the Seer or the Bagato families ever listened to our show, I want you to know I fucking hate you. I just want you to know very, I just want you to know I don't like you. If you see me at Canadian Tire or if you pass me on the street, just keep going. Don't be like, hey, Alex, how are you? Keep fucking walking okay they're just gonna throw that out there but my mom decides to go hey did you hear what your ex-wife is up to and i'm like no and i'm like trying to ignore her like no that's cool mom and she just you know what she starts going off right i found she's selling all the shit from her second wedding on marketplace and just starts going off and i'm just like anyways all i'm saying is this okay if you're marrying for money 
None of the things we're talking about on our Valentine's Day episode is going to be relevant. So if you're if you're one of these dudes that's like, oh, you know, I'm with this girl because her parents have money, or if you're one of these girls who's like, I'm with this guy because his parents have money and it's just going to benefit me financially in life, the love isn't as intense as it could be. But uh, the financial uh, the, the the financial um, situation is good. I'm just letting you don't write songs and don't take anything we're saying into your category of things you live in a fake world of bullshit okay and 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 then even if your relationship lasts it will be a heartless loveless it's 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 a joke to people who love as hard as we like know. 90 90 day fiance very much so very much so in that same fucking sense of i don't even look at you like people your love is not legitimate kind of idea you know and if you're in that type of relationship ah i think this is I think it's becoming very uncool to marry for money, to marry for status, to marry for pressure from the family. You know what I mean? Like how many interracial couples are you seeing overcoming the odds of their racist parents? How many, um, you know, gay people do you see getting married and adopting even though their parents might not condone that behavior? You know, like it is the era of doing what your heart wants regardless. Don't give in to the easy way out and just take the money route or take that shit. Marry guys that write songs for you. Marry guys that will go to work with broken legs in a cast for you. Marry guys that that, that will disown parents for you. You know, marry guys that will fucking do shit that you can't find anywhere else and don't miss it. Don't miss when they're doing that stuff. That's my, that's my fucking advice right there. Because I'm telling you right now, I am poor and miserable. But there's more love between me and Sonya than there is between that cunt and her fucking husband. I guarantee it. I guarantee <laughs> it. Okay? Especially after this concert. Just say it. And I'm happier and poorer and I've aged a lot worse than she has. But I'm but I know I'm a better person. And I'm in a better spot. You know what I mean? And that's hard. That's a lot of fucking therapy to get you there. To be this broken, miserable, and still say, I'm in a better place than she is. Because I don't have to live in Richmond Hill with a bunch of assholes. And I don't like and the the hoops you jump through with your family, because who can buy a house these days without cosigners? Yeah. Right? And I know you've got family issues, like in the way that your families you love them, but like to get in bed money wise, and I know you are in bed money wise with your family. So you're <laughs> you're fucking knee deep in the shit that me and Mark don't want to be a part of. And let's be real, let's just be real right now, you know, step outside of it all. It's not fun. You end up fighting about money. You end up saying, well, maybe I shouldn't be mean to this family member because they're doing me this favor, but they're actually being shitty. You know what I mean? Like yeah. you're in a lot of, there's a lot of give and take and you play the, you're big playing politics. There's a lot of, uh, if you're playing politics in your love life, you're doing it wrong. There's a lot of this person's driving me crazy, but if they weren't in my life, I'd be fucked. Kind right. of thing, and I don't want that. I never want that in my life again. I was like that. That's and that's what uh, Lisa had with me, and that's what she has with this new dickhead. Also, he's fat and not as cute as me. I'm not. I'll be flat. I've showed the pictures of this motherfucker to other people. Lisa, you downgraded. Just know that it's okay. You got a big house and you got a fat husband. So fuck you. <laughs> Anyways, at the end of the day, I just wish happiness for people because. If, if she had gone and married another musician and was living an amazing life doing all the things I know that she would want to do, I would almost be like Jelly. I kind of feel sad that she left me for this artificial shit. It's, it's, it's weird, and, I, and I'm, it's, I don't like it. I like to see people happy, you know? I've got other exes that I've broken up with that are in very happy relationships that I'm like, good for you. You, you probably deserve that. You know what I mean? I don't see that. I, don't be in, don't do artificial. It's not cool anymore, man. I think that like 20 years ago, you could back in the day when, when women weren't working and they weren't as powerful as they are now, you could get away with that shit. 
You can't now. You got to work for your happiness. Don't settle. That's kind of the ongoing theme, uh, especially that comes with age. Don't settle. So, you'll be yeah. 40 and you'll be like, why did I settle? Because there are so many people that sacrifice so much, but then they won't be happy. I will in admit, though, you, if later. your parents settled, you'll tend to settle. Yeah. And her sure did. <laughs> <laughs> you know, they did. So that's, okay. that's, that's, a, that's a big thing, though. I mean, that'd be kind of, I'm not trying to poke, um, poke the bear with you but it'd be like if your mom never remarried you know yeah. what i mean that's that would be stupid of her you know i mean what happened with your father was a tragedy and i'm sure he was an amazing man but to pay tribute to him i think he would want her to be happy and so yeah. she went and did that and i respect that and i think that that must have been the hardest and, thing she'll I ever mean, do in her life it was hard being uh being the kid because well, i'm not taking your situation and lightning no, it. No, no. So, i'm just trying to see it from her eyes so it must like, have been okay, really for, hard for, so for from my eyes my mom literally vented to me that she was lonely and it was very hard to see and she she even got upset and emotional emotionally upset and, and would cry about it and at the time i was just like i was so little that at the time i didn't know what was what so i was like well why don't you just go pick up a man at kmart yeah, like go get she's laid. Like, go she's get like, laid and shut up, mom. She's like, that's not how it works. Well, it does. <laughs> that's your mom's kind of wrong. That's not how it worked for her, which yeah. is why I would give her. You know, there are women out there that can go get a dick and get it done and move on with their day. They're they're strong. <laughs> now, there's nothing wrong with that. They're strong, independent women, and there are women out there that want the companionship and the help, and they want to build a team and a family. That's a natural thing for them to want, which is why they all play the Sims. No matter what you fuck, no matter what the fuck you say, that's why they like the Sims because it's in their goddamn DNA to create communities and yeah. watch them prosper and gather for them. Yeah. And it's in our natural primal instincts to be the hunters. We've lost a lot of that, which is why we have such a soft male core in the world these days we really do <laughs> you know it's not like it used to be but okay so for for this there's got to be a balance between toxic masculinity and guys that are such bitches they can't change a tire so for this i mean yeah okay there might have been a few times i got gay guys buddies that can change a tire so just if you want to make this about homosexuality or anything like that you can't because i'll tell you my gay buddies are more apt to take care of women than my fucking straight buddies i'm telling yeah. you so it's not about that so don't take it the wrong yeah. way yeah so with with what, men not being men. With what my mom was saying, it wasn't that she was looking for dick. She was looking for a relationship. And when you're looking for a companionship, that's my point. It's she a was one of those, harder. She was one of those women that wanted to build. She's like, yeah. if I'm not building, I'm not interested, Mark. Yeah. And as a young man, you didn't understand that. Now you're an old man, older man, who has built. You've built a community <laughs> with your children, her children, and her herself. Yeah. So you get it. You understand her longing. If you didn't have this, you'd fucking hunt for it. I know you would. I see the passion with Parker and with and, and with and with the uh, the older one. <laughs> I see it. I yeah. do. I see it, and I and I know that without that, you wouldn't be you. I definitely. It's, it's part of the the ongoing theme that even when I talk to Ethan about relationships that he could form in the future, and and I could say to Ethan, I'm like, you see me down, you see me out, you see me in the worst get spot. used to that. Get used to that. I'm like, you see me in the worst spot possible, and you've seen me rise out of it. Like, just yeah, you got to prepare him that that can happen. Say, I don't yeah. care how pretty she is, how beautiful she is, or how hard the love is. You yeah. can end up where I did, and I need you to be strong when you do. And then I say that life is a struggle, and you've seen me even in rocky times with Tamara, and you've seen me in happy times with Tamara. And you know that a relationship is work, and you have to put work in. I would in. also argue that as a father, 
you set a prime example along with a lot of other men because you guys have had rough patches yeah. and you are together still. Yep. That is a massive attestation to you as a man. That's what separates the men from the boys because the boys have to look their kids in the eyes and say, mommy and daddy couldn't work it out. The men can say, mommy and daddy didn't work it out, but I'm with somebody. I can still hold a stable relationship. She's amazing. She loves you. She's your stepmom and everything's cool. The same way she calls you stepdad with the Taya thing, you know, the yeah. way it all works. That is, people that aren't getting that are missing out. You know what I mean? I think it takes a bigger, I think it takes a bigger person to bring in somebody else's family that's not your blood and love them is hard and do it well. You can love them, but to do it well, raise them well, not make mistakes. That's hard. That's really Because if you fuck up with Taya, if you say something to Taya, maybe too hard on the discipline or maybe, you know, tell her to do something that, that Tamara's like, why are you saying that? You know what I mean? Because Taya's hers and not yours, that's a, it's a, it becomes a goddamn uh, yeah. tornado. Yeah. Yeah, and, and if you have Parker over. But Taya will now tell him uh, Tay is old enough to do that. I understand. But she also needs to be put in her place. That's, I mean, there's points where maybe she's she's right, and there's other points where she's like, you're the kid, I'm the dad. Know that, right? Yeah. My point is, and then switch it, Parker or, or um, the older one. <laughs> What's Ethan. Ethan, sorry. <laughs> I, I kept thinking Edison for some reason. Edison. His name was Eddie you or Edison. You call me Edison, twins. But anyways, when your kids are over, you know, Tamir, I'm sure in the same boat, she's like, I don't want to be too rough with these kids because Mark might check me. You know what I mean? The fact you make it work, I, I have nothing but respect for that. And I, and I think that other couples and other people that have stepkids and, and kids with other people that are, you know, being brought into a step-parent situation, they need to, to look at you guys in, a, in an almost idealistic kind of way because I think you guys do a good job of it. You guys might bitch a lot, but I think that your kids like Tamara and I think her kids love you and I think that's hard to find. That's so, extremely hard. And if you think it doesn't require work, you're a fucking idiot. So PTSD is still a real thing with me. And, uh, and Tamara and Mark have worked Harder than you'll ever know to make it so, so that their kids love the uh, the other person. I actually so PTSD more than the more than the birth dads and moms. So I actually have to give it's hard to, work. Man. I have to give Tamara credit because the uh, PTSD um, quite often my inner monologue where I talk to myself and I try to think this is how this person is going to react to what I'm saying. Yeah. And she actually supported me one night where I just had this PTSD breakdown. Yeah, and I was at work. And, uh, and for some reason on my way to work, I was driving, thinking of a scenario where, uh, when I was out in Georgetown, I was basically told to leave Ethan in the dust. And, and while I helped with, uh, my ex's family yeah, and, like, and, like and you should give up on this kid. Well, no, no. So like let their advice to you was to let yeah, it go. Was, was, was to let Ethan do his own thing while you did this. But out in Georgetown, Ethan didn't have any friends. He didn't, he didn't have anything to do really. Yeah. So it got so to the point where it was like, just let Ethan play in the park. So he went to the park by himself and it was just a horrible moment. And it's PTSD to me to this day because, uh, I was told that I had to help with dinner. It was Thanksgiving. So I go to help. Okay. So, so I don't mean to, 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 to shit on you here, but I need to clarify the situation because, okay. So you're still with this mom. Yeah. Okay. So this is, what well, you, no, th this isn't Ethan's mom. This is Parker's mom. Sorry, but you're, you're with somebody and you're yeah. just trying to make it work. Okay. Yeah. So this isn't uh, a, you're not in stepdad mode and you haven't decided to be single and move on yet. You are trying to build this family at this yeah. point. Okay. So yeah. just, just make a joke. And so when I'm told that I'm, I have to help with Thanksgiving dinner, uh, I'm like, yeah, but my, my oldest is over here to visit for the weekend. I have to do something with him. He doesn't have any friends, blah, blah, blah. Just send him to the park. Just send him out to the park. Okay. So he goes to the park 
And uh, and so then I help with dinner. So I got to keep in mind. So we have a young Mark who's trying to find himself as a dad. You know what yeah. I mean? Probably trying to take advice from older people because they seem smarter than you. And you're a new dad. And you're like, and, I don't want to make mistakes. And Ethan's ten years old at this time. And so he's in a very influential stage, and you know full well that this ten year old boy is about to witness uh, the separating of his parents. So, in the back of your head, you know it. So, well, this was again Parker's mom, not Ethan's mom. So Parker's at, or sorry, uh, Ethan's at the park, and I'm helping with dinner. And then I go to help, I go to get Ethan for dinner, and I I just see him sitting on the jungle gym doing nothing, just kind of waving his feet while he's sitting there. Yeah. I'm like, what the fuck? So I go over and I ask Ethan, I'm like, what, what's up? And he's like, nothing. I'm like, what are you doing? He's like, I'm bored. I was like, oh, okay. Well, why are you bored? He's like. I don't have anybody to play with. I'm sitting here alone and it just, it ate me up. I'm like, whenever my kids come over, you saw a little bit of yourself in him. You, yeah, saw, you so, saw that same kind of depression that you had as a young kid so whenever, in, your, in your son. The harder thing about split families is when it, whoever has primary caregiver of their, their kid ends up, that's, that's where the kid's friends are. That's so whenever the kid comes over, I'm basically the friend. I'm the guy that does everything. Yeah, and yeah, at yeah. this time, I wasn't doing what I felt I should. I needed to do for, for Ethan. Yeah. So it, it broke my heart. And it was all because of the pressure from this family. Yeah, I That understand. you have yep. to do this, you have to do but that. But as a man, you were in a horrible position because you had to take these older people who were supposed to be smarter than you yeah. and better than you and further ahead in life and, there's, and, 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 and realize that they were fucking idiots yeah. and that you needed to go against everything they said. Yeah. That's the hardest thing to do as a man in, so, this, in this world is to take older people's advice throw it to the shit and say i'm younger stupider but i know better that's yeah. the hardest thing you'll ever so, do in your life so man. i'm on my way Especially to this job and i just started thinking about this and i just start bawling i'm like man i'm so sorry i had to call ethan i was like hey ethan do you remember this he's like yeah i'm like i'm so sorry man he's like why are you thinking about this and i'm like this is what ptsd is this i just want you to understand that i still feel guilty about fucking up that piece right, of your childhood exactly this is trauma i'm like this is what i live through and every once in a while if it's trauma it pops up in your mind and sometimes have, at the yeah. worst time and you just start thinking about it and I gotta, i'm sorry i gotta suck your fucking dick even harder now because i think the fact that you recognized that it was a ptsd situation that it was something you know most people go to sleep and all the bad things they've done in their life pop in their head and they try to ignore it and go to bed you've taken it and went i need to call and remind him of that and tell him i still bugs me and i think that's a like most people wouldn't do it 99% of the people I can think of would not have made that call yeah. because they're like, I'm dealing with this myself. It's my own issue. But she just wanted to say, Hey, I want you to know that if you still remember that I do too. Yeah. If my shitty fucking dad, my, yeah, that's right. I hope you fucking listen, dad. You're shitty. If he had, if he gave the same, you know what I mean? It would mean so goddamn much to say, I know that I fucked up so bad, but let me talk to you about what I was feeling and what I was dealing with up here. That I did that. Yeah. I've never gotten that from him. So, He's never explained to me why booze was why. I know. Now, this is, I've concluded that bipolar is paternal, that it, it manifested at the same age it did with me, and that he didn't know how to deal with it, so he fucked my childhood up. I yeah. know that. God, it would be nice to hear it. So, so props to you. I'm honest. I, I cannot give you enough props. So that the, kid will grow up so goddamn collected and calm and, and happy with who he is because you've tied these talks. So going through this, uh, I would being that I was at work and I'm having this breakdown when I they call, always have to happen. To so, work. yeah. So when I called up Ethan, I start, I start crying to him and he's like, well, why are you thinking of this? And Ethan was more like, dad, dad, calm down kind yeah. of thing. This is, he's 19. This is a current recent yeah. situation, yeah. right? Uh, 19. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, and so, uh, I'm like, well, I just wanted <laughs> to let you know, like, 
I was in a very bad spot and there was nothing that I could have done about it. So I got the, like the, the reassurance from my kid that I needed, uh, that it didn't bother him too much. It bothered him at the time, but it was something that he could get over and talk to me. Which about. is really nice to hear. Yeah. So then, so then I call my mom who gives me the re, the other reassurance that I need from a family aspect. Who's like, mom, uh, Mark, you did were, your best. they were trying to destroy you yeah. and you did your best with what you could. I hope, I hope she said, I'm blown away. You made it through and have the relationship you have with your kids because any lesser of a yeah. man would have a given up or B their kids wouldn't love them. You're this kid that you're talking about the Ethan specifically. Yeah. This is the same to some, our audience members know. This is the same kid that will call his friends or go online and say, I'm going to go chill with my dad for a second. I'll talk to you boys later. Yeah. He will log out of a game <coughs> and sit down and watch a movie or play a game with Mark and deny everybody probably short of his girlfriend, you know, while he hangs out with his dad. Yeah. I'm telling you right now, I wouldn't do that with my parents. And then the, the other That's a aspect, lot of work to get there. The other aspect, and I was nervous about... And Tay is kind of the same way. And I was nervous about texting Tamara this, and the reason why I was nervous is because she's the current relationship, and this is what happened in a past relationship. And, and every, I, and I, and every I, woman gets a little... And I don't want that like, oh, you're thinking about your past relationship. No, yeah. but instead she was just like, I'm sorry you're having a hard night. Yeah. Oh my god! I I almost I, broke down harder need, just because that. of that. Yeah, and I needed that. I and love it, you too. <laughs> and it actually, Thank you for being it actually made my night better. I had my family's reassurance. I had the kid who I felt I I wronged. Who was saying, okay. Dad, you got to come down. And then I had my current relationship say, "I'm sorry, you're having a hard night." She was a piece of shit. Anyways, it's time this to move is on. A, this is an amazing story because I, I I've, I've I talk about this a lot, but and mental. When you're mentally ill, it is your job to surround yourself with these people. Yeah. And and then look at look at you're not mentally ill, but still dealing with that situation. Look how much better it was for you because you you were smart enough to surround yourself with mom and and raise Ethan properly and date a girl who gives a fuck. Yeah, you've made those choices. You could date any dumb hoe who would have bitched you out about how she doesn't have time for your shit. You could have raised yeah, Ethan half ass, so he was like, "Yeah, dad, you fucked up." That's what I'd say. Yeah. My dad calls me all the fucking time. Well, when we talked a couple years ago, he called me all the time, half in the bag on a Saturday night, going, "I regret leaving, and I, your mother made it hard." And I just smile and go, "You didn't try hard enough. You think I give a fuck? You can tell me all you want how hard you tried. I got friends that tried harder and made it." So yeah. you never get to win. I, I podcast with a guy that did, that did what you should have. You know, it's a yeah. hard thing. So guys like me are going to be, uh, you, as much as you, you're, you're happy with Tamara and, and all the people, I'm giving props to you because you surround yourself with those people to make sure that, that situation happened. And that's the hardest part. People don't understand how much harder that is because you, you got to stop focusing on you and start focusing on surrounding you with good people. Yeah. That's the smartest thing you can do in a lot of th that. It took me 10 years of therapy to learn how to do that. Thank props to you for figuring out how to do it yourself. God, this was supposed to be a Valentine's episode. <laughs> well, relationships are Valentine's. It's true. <laughs> Okay, so uh, having spoken of many relationship stories and all that stuff, there was uh, some big reveals that happened last week that we have to talk about before we end, and that is uh, James Gunn revealing what's going on in the DC universe. We're going to whip through this stuff quick because we are hitting approaching two hours. Yep. Next week, um, we're going to dig into, well, there'll be more information and we're going to dig into more details, but I just wanted to cut. Yeah, it's been a big week for this stuff. So yep. we just want to get the information out there so you know. We'll continue doing digging and uh, and into this, this the, the, the James Gunn stuff and this. Um, 
And I think we're just going to call it on politics this week. We'll come back and talk about how yep. fucked the world is next week because we're too exactly. far in. But yeah, let's talk a little bit about entertainment. All uh, right. Quick question on the cut off the Last of Us. Have you been? Are you caught up? Yes. What are you thinking? One of the best shows on TV right now? Uh, I I mean, last episode, I mean, I guess I'm kind of on the controversial side. Yes, okay, it, it was a good episode, but it did take away from the story. <laughs> Okay. All right. Cool. Good to know that you're on that. Your Last of Us. I thought you would be like, but you know, you're like, I don't know. We'll see how they do what they're doing with this. I'm, I'm with you. I'm, I'm in the same. I'm like, where are you going? I'm with. Yeah. I'm with you. Okay. Anyways, right. moving on. Okay. So James Gunn unveiled the next slate of DC movies, and uh, they are Superman Legacy, uh, Batman: The Brave and the Bold, Swamp Thing, The Authority. Supergirl, Woman of Tomorrow. Now, the animated series of Superman has a legacy story where Batman is on Apocalypse, Darkseid's planet, and he's convinced he was raised by Darkseid on Apocalypse rather than Earth. Superman eventually escapes, and the closer he gets to Earth, more memories come flooding back, and Darkseid declares him a traitor of Apocalypse and declares him treasonous. No clue if that's the story they'll go with, mm. but fans are thinking James Gunn won't even use Clark Kent, but rather a different Superman. But I'm pretty sure from the art that was teased, uh, he's definitely going the route of Clark Kent, just a younger Clark Kent. Mm. Batman the Brave and the Bold. Uh, Robert Pattinson's Batman is still getting a sequel, which we'll talk about in a second. The Brave and the Bold means we might see some gray and blue. Uh, the, sounds like they're good. From what I read, there's the you know there's an assortment of Batman's you know Nightwing, original Robin, the Robin that dies in Death in the Family. Come on, help me, a Batgirl. There's a whole fucking slew yeah. of family members, and the word on the street is that that movie will showcase them. It'll be kind of like a Batman after he we're, set up. Yeah, the we're going to see more of the Bat family. In Personally, the I think that's fucking dumb. I think you should build the universe around the construction of the family. Don't put a movie out where they're all there. And then show us how they got there. I hate that. They should show, they should start with a movie with Robin. Then they should turn him into Nightwing. Then they should bring in giant Todd and then kill Todd. Like there's a way to do it. And I don't think they're doing it right, but whatever. James Gunn makes more money than me. He's smarter than me. So he'll probably do some amazing shit with it. But it just feels like that's a bit rushed to pump a movie out in the next two years with all those characters. So the main characters though are Batman and Damian Wayne. And Damian is an out of control assassin that Batman, Batman is trying to get in line based on Grant Morrison's work. Spoiler, he's also Bruce's son. <laughs> oh, is that what the Wayne means? <laughs> what? Yeah. My name's Wayne, what? <laughs> the Authority is a superhero team that cares little for law and politics and does more or less whatever they want to get the job done. Suicide Squad. So I don't know much about them, and they've had different members, also none of which I know, and could be the reason James Gunn is shining the light on them. They think the world is broken and will do basically anything in their power to fix it. So not quite. They're not managed by a law agency to, to take down bad guys. It's, they, if they see somebody as a bad guy, they're like, this guy's a bad guy. The world's <laughs> broken. Let's fix it. Okay. So they're unchanged superheroes. Unhinged, for yes. sure. Yes. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. I'm, I'm about that stuff. And of course, uh, Kal El's cousin, Supergirl. I don't mind Supergirl. And I didn't mind the original movie. I didn't mind the series with Alyssa, uh, Melissa I have, Benoist. I have two questions that I've always wondered. If yeah. Superman bangs a woman that is not super, can he kill her? And if, <laughs> and if Superwoman, like if you were to have it Superwoman, if Superwoman did a Kegel, I think, is, yeah. it, is it not coming off? Oh, yeah. Oh, it's yeah. coming off. Oh, for sure. So if you make Superwoman come, you die. 
<laughs> like this just seems like a, I don't know, it kind of turns me on to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> Keep going. So uh, the Superman logo for me uh, is the the S that means hope allegedly. Yeah, exactly. Uh, it, it's near to my heart because memories of my dad. So I have this sentimentality to it. So if James fucks this shit up. Superman or changes, a big fan of, or was your dad a big fan of Superman? Yeah. Cool. Yeah. So uh, so if James fucks this shit up or changes anything to fit the criteria of comics that came out in the 2010 areas, he'll he'll be dead to me. Anyway, the the movie will be based on the Tom King mini miniseries. So anybody who wants to read about uh, Supergirl, they can read the Tom King miniseries, and that's what the movie's going to be. How hard was it when Kevin Costner was doing those dad scenes with Henry Cavill? Oh, Were you very, dying? Oh, yeah. Because, I, I, I mean, as a dude with daddy issues myself, like, I remember... When he uh, in Man of Steel, when he looks at him and he goes, "You're gonna have to make a choice one day, Clark." He gives him the the choice. Oh, <laughs> Snyder is such a good writer. Yeah. But yeah, when he gave him that, you're gonna have to make a choice. You yeah. know, you can lead them or you can be one of them, but you can't do both. You <laughs> exactly. know, I fucking love that. Yeah. God, that was cool. Those moments must have been super hard for you because yeah, they never really get into the Superman daddy relationship very well. It's it's not really uh, in the in the cartoon or the comic that much, but. Snyder milked that that yeah. that like you're an alien and I but I love you like you're my son. I love, and yeah. Kevin just delivered the performance of a lifetime in that movie. Yeah. Okay. So there will be a seven episode animated series called Creature Commandos, a modern take on the team of monsters that were assembled to fight Nazis. So we'll The voice cast will reprise the role uh, if they're turned into uh, live action versions, which would obviously be computer an- computer animated. Waller, which will be a Peacemaker spinoff. Peacemaker was the John Cena played hero in Suicide Squad and HBO Max's show. But Waller was was the head of Suicide Squad, the woman who formed it. She made an appearance in Black Adam, and she's played by Viola Davis. And she's amazing. She was in um, both Suicide Squads. She's badass. She's the one that was like, this is the Enchantress. Uh, I don't care if you don't like her. I'll make her fuck you up. <laughs> that scene where she brings Enchantress into the room was awesome. I love her. She's a good actress, and uh, I, I'm happy they're including her in the DCU continuity. Yeah. Lanterns, which there was a new Lantern project in the works, which has now been scrapped, and the new show will take its place showing ha- showcasing Hal Jordan and, and John Stewart. So we're getting the black and the white. <laughs> I like that. I like that, yeah. actually. That's really cool. Yeah. Um, I wanted to talk about the Batman uh, Reeves. Talk about Reeves Batman. Hang on, we'll get there. We'll get there. Paradise Lost will be a, an HBO Max series, which will be a Game of Thrones type drama series set in uh, Themyscira. Uh, takes place prior to Wonder Woman. So, which one? Eighty four or the original? Well, the the original. So it'll take place after eighty four, where she falls in love with Chris Pine and he dies, but before she meets up with JL. No, no it takes place. League. It takes place before Wonder Woman's a, a person. So, oh! it's, so it's like the Amazons back in the day. Oh, so it's before. Back in the day, which was a Wednesday, it. I will point out. Maybe a Thursday. So Booster Gold will be a show on HBO Max featuring the low-tier superhero. He's apparently a hero from the future who came back in time to raise his status of a hero. That's adorable. It's a Sounds story. like Silver the Hedgehog. It's a story of imposter syndrome. So he's, <laughs> so he's not quite the hero you'd expect. Uh, so Blue Beetle, Aquaman 2, and the Shazam sequel. Uh, oh, and the Batman Part 2 will be released. Um, oh, sorry, the Batman Part 2 will be released October 25th, but they'll be a, be a part of what James Gunn calls uh, the Else World in DC. So it's sounding like James, or sorry, not James, um, Reeves' universe is going to be separate. 
Um, the Penguin Show, just to kind of fill in the blanks, is ready to go HBO Max. Filming starts shortly. Scripts yeah. are done. Writing's done. Um, that's and it, that I imagine that show will set up Batman too. Yeah. Um, I'm kind of disappointed that it sounds like the Joker is going to be what they're using. I'm I'm seeing stuff online. I hope yeah. that's not the case. We've seen it, and no, I don't care what anybody says. No one ever top Heath. Jared is an attestation to that. They put Jared Leto out as the Joker, and I mean, I love him. I, I'm not going to say that I don't like his character, and that I don't feel like he got didn't get enough screen time, and that. I told you before that you don't believe this, but I believe that if they'd given the proper three movie deal to Snyder, that they would have developed Leto into the man you see in the nightmare scene when he says, you sent a man, a boy to do a man's job. That whole scene, they would have evolved him into that. And the fact that Batman had to take his greatest adversary and become his friend to fight Apocalypse, they could have gone to crazy levels with Leto that you would have won over. It would have won you over again because the only guy alive right now that could have done that because Heath is dead would be him. Yeah. But they've dropped that and they're now moving on with this next guy and they've dropped that whole Snyderverse thing. Yeah. I don't want to see it and I don't care. I want Mr. Freeze. <laughs> I want Clayface. I want anything. I want Raz al Ghul. I want the, the Court of Owls. I want anything. Give me yeah. anything but the Joker. I'm fucking tired of it. Yeah. The Flash is essentially going to reset the universe and all I the stories that. of the projects from James Gunn. But yeah, we'll still get to see Keaton and Affleck for yeah. like that second, right? Before they change everything. Both animated and live action will play into the bigger story slash universe. That will be saving uh, the, the saving grace for DC. Yeah, it could fail, but uh, to have everything linked together, including animated series, Marvel made that claim that their animated series would link into the MCU and completely fell off. Well, except for the Doctor Strange bit. They did get Zombie Strange into the that, multiverse but th- movie, but that, that's that was, the only instance. Th- but that was different, though. That wasn't just an animated series. That was an was animated project. Right. So, uh, so I mean, you had... Uh, Ultimate Spider-Man had some very loose ties to the MCU. Uh, Marvel's Avengers Assemble also had some loose ties. And uh, there's a new Spider-Man cartoon in development that will tie into the MCU called Freshman Year. And it takes place before the Tom Holland films, although Tom Holland's not involved. Anyway, the DC Universe has some stuff in store. Superman Legacy will be released mid-2025. I think he said June or July 11th. Being that he's going off specific stories that he wants to see turned into film, maybe it'll be good. Maybe they'll be mind-blowing. I know the world, including myself, is pissed off that Cavill isn't returning uh, as Superman anymore. But wanting a younger Superman so he can do more films is a good thing. I'll give you that. Cavill's a 40-year-old man. Yeah. And he needs de-aging. It's going to cost start to cost money. They need to shave him, yeah. and they need to dye his hair to make him pretty enough to be Superman. Yeah. I am... Um, now, here's what I would like to see, though. You know, old Superman. You know, the way Keaton is playing old Batman in the Flash universe, it'd be cool to see Cavell play... You know what I want to see that I've never seen? What do you want to see? Why the fuck is Brainiac not on a live-action oh, screen? Oh, that definitely should have been there. Like Bring in Brainiac... And versus anybody in a Superman costume, and I will buy a ticket. I don't care if he's black, white, Chinese, or fucking Filipino. The main bad guys have always been Zod. Always. And Luther. And Luther, that's Never it. anybody else. I, by the way, I don't, and I will argue with anybody out there, Eisenberg is Lex Luthor. <laughs> Especially if you saw the Snyderverse uh, post-credit scene where he's ch- telling Cable, or whatever that fucking guy's name is, uh, uh, who, who uh, Bruce Wayne is Batman when he meets him on the boat? Is it what's it, is it Deadshot or Cable or I don't fucking remember. 
Cable's from the MCU, oh, right? Are you talking of... Um, What's his name? The bad guy they were going to use. Deathstroke. You're talking Deathstroke. Deathstroke. Sorry, Joe, Deathstroke. Joe Managelino. Yeah, that guy. When he showed up and he told him he was Bruce, I was like, dude, and he's bald and he'd escaped prison in that scene. Yeah. See, people always like, oh, Jesse Eisenberg sucks as Luther. He's like, yeah, but you're getting like the young... You're, he's not Luther yet. Yeah. He's running a company. He's still righteous. He hasn't met Superman, been spited, scared by aliens, or gotten a god complex yet. All those factor into becoming the the Lex Luthor that we know and fear. And I love that they developed him into that. And then they got him there at the end of Snyder's jail cut. And then they just like, yeah, never mind. Like they finally got somebody who wasn't those. That's Kevin Spacey as Lex Luthor. Horrible. That's uh, whoever. I actually didn't. I, I, I didn't liked, mind him either, but development. Like yeah. Development. I yeah, love there the was no development, development, but I did love Kevin. He plays a good villain. Kevin I like Spacey. That they got, um. You know, because he is a villain in real life. Definitely, like, <laughs> Mark is not making that up. He's a child molesting, fucking. Oh yeah, wife well, you're going to take me to court. Suddenly, these people die and can't appear in court. Yeah, it's just fucking nuts. villain. That's yeah. <laughs> uh, and I mean, even fucking what's his name? Uh, Netflix dropped House of Cards and all that shit. Like, if if Netflix is like, yeah, we can't be associated with you, but they'll still sign like. Seth Rogen to do movies <laughs> and he's a fucking pothead like yeah we are fucking up but yeah I'm with, yeah <laughs> uh, we digress the MCU and the DCU almost seem like they might be competitive with each other in these next years so the MCU also uh, released the idea you know all their ideas for the next few years that they're going to be doing um, Quantumania and and what the con fran the con so you the know Kang Kang uh, Dynasty battle yeah. is gonna is gonna how it's gonna flush out each movie working your way up and uh, that so I think that the DCU needs James Gunn to put these movies out and do the Flash movie do the reset continue the Batman universe with Reeves while allowing um, these other movies to shine do a black and a white lantern because it's the only way you're going to get people's attention you know what I mean because if Ryan Reynolds can't grab it nobody can yeah. you know what I mean like do all those things and it my my, my, uh, my hope is that it'll be financially competitive with all these MCU movies. Yeah. The first, it's sad to say, the first four phases of MCU were destructive for MC, DC. DC well, couldn't touch them. So The only thing, but the Snyder Cut is the only DC piece of property that can touch MCU. And, and that's, I, I think, what's going to happen in 2025 when you see, because Superman Legacy is uh, right now is what James Gunn is working on. So it's going to be the the, uh, the the main thing that comes out in 2025. Like Mar the the Avengers movies don't even Started come with out. with Iron Man. They, they don't even come out on, uh, the, sorry, uh, Kang Dynasty and stuff. They they both don't come out until 2026. So it, it's The DCU has three years. They have 23, which is a month in. Yeah. They have 24. And 25 to yeah. get to build enough of a fan base and lore and backstory, you know, with the connections yeah, that people will, will go see them, you know, over, over Marvel movies because they, 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 they lost, they lost the war. Batman yeah. is the only thing they have holding them. The only, it's like, it's like Sega with Sonic, you know? Sega yeah. has Knights and they have Bayonetta and they have what was the game I was surprised? Uh, Alien. They have a right the, the 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 contract to make Alien games. You know they have all this. And what yeah. what are they making money on? Sonic. <laughs> you know <laughs> what I mean? Like they're they're banking on it. I would like to see the DCU bank on a, somebody other than Batman. Yeah, be nice to see. So uh, so 
that's what's going to be interesting is starting with Superman, and yes, they will have Batman Brave and the Bull, but something that hasn't been done in a cinematic universe other than Joel Schumacher is focusing on Batman and Robin. And this being that- What? Ro- what, what happened? What was that? Joel what? Joel Schumacher. Oh, yeah? And what, what happened? He made a movie? With Chris O'Donnell, yeah, oh. as, as Robin. When did that happen? Fucking <laughs> like mid nineties. I don't remember. 90s. Don't remember. No <laughs> recollection. Sorry. Okay. No there recollection. Go. There you go. Was uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger in that? <laughs> yeah. I'm having this weird. Yeah, I don't yes. remember that. <laughs> <laughs> you know, Marcus. Take said, two of these two. and call me in the morning. <laughs> you know, you need to cool down. <laughs> <Yeah>. Everybody freeze. <laughs> but uh, but Back yeah. Nipples. So they're gonna. <laughs> I like your skates. So they're going to show every. Uh, so they're actually going to have Batman and Robin on the screen, and it's not going to be such a like a Joel Schumacher oh, comical boy. idea. Although James Gunn is leading the project, so I mean there might be some comedy, but James Gunn has comedy and emotional. Uh, I'll be. Drama re- I'm going to be real with you. He he needs to win me over. I loved. I like James. Don't get me wrong. I like. You know, I don't. I'm not a big Guardians fan, but I can respect the genre and that he that the Guardians movies stand out. They stand yeah. out amongst the MCU as more funny, laid back, um, cartoonish, and also like a cartoon came to life. And then yeah. you get, you know, I, I mean, it's just genius to get Andy from Parks and Rec to be your main guy in that kerfuffle. You know, Zoe Saldana is actress of the goddamn Millennium. Give her but, the uh, love so interest role. I, I, I respect what James can do, but I've yet to see him take a serious thing. Because his Suicide Squad, I'm not down, and I'm not down with his with his. Uh, what's that guy that Cena's doing? That Cena's doing the TV oh, show. Oh, Peacemaker. I'm not. I don't. I'm, I'm, it's that none of that shit does anything yeah. for me as a but, DC okay, guy. Okay, but did you? So you've seen Guardians Part Two? Yeah. So Michael Rooker, who is is essentially Peter Quill's dad. Who sacrifices himself for Peter? Yep. Puts this fucking spacesuit on Peter and suffocates himself. And you, you talk- see, and you see Peter Quill break down like, no, 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 like he's losing his dad. You're talking about Hondu or what? Yondu. Yondu. Yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yes. And he sacrifices himself for Peter. It's so a Peter cool. Lives. It's a cool. Ep- it's a cool movie because his real dad is there. But he doesn't consider him his real dad. He considers Yondu his real dad. Yeah. That, I, that, and, and then you see Yondu die. That's the type of shit I need to see from James, though. Yeah. I, I'm with you. I'm with you. He's capable. I'm not I'm not arguing James isn't a genius. I just, if he turns the DCU into a fucking Guardians of the Galaxy extension, I'm going to be pissed <laughs> because that is not what it, it's dark. It's it, anybody who watched the original, you know, Man of Steel, Batman versus Superman, Justice League you know, run yeah. when they were trying this the first time to compete against MC knows it's darker, grittier, more emotional and longer. It's just more adult. That's, and if James doesn't cater to that a little bit, I'm going to be disappointed. That's Supergirl story. James says is a darker take on yes! Supergirl than anything that's I been done. See, so, I want to see dirty Supergirl. I want to see dirty. I want to see Supergirl cry. <laughs> you want to see, oh, Supergirl, you're so dirty. Yeah, I want to yeah. dirty. Oh, you're so dirty. Are you break, Are you moral, Are you morally corrupt because Oh yes, you are. <laughs> right when Superman's morally corrupt, it's like you're a man. We all knew it was gonna happen. <laughs> but when Supergirl does it, it's like no, mummy can't do that. No, mummy, please don't. Please don't turn on humanity. <laughs> Anyways, I'm. A, I love it. I can't wait. This has been a long ass episode. Happy Valentine's Day, motherfuckers. If you don't get, I'm telling you guys, just eat her pussy. Just eat her pussy. I'm telling you, all she your problems, choke on all your problems will be solved. She might not choke on it, but she'll stop bitching. Happy Valentine's Day. Happy Super Bowl time. 
Uh, this is probably coming out after Valentine's and Super Bowl, so you'll hear this right around the time. Happy Valentine's Day. It sounds so fucking sketchy like Scream. Makes a perfect Valentine's gift for the ladies. Oh.